Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joseph, and my pronouns are he, him. Hello, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her. And uh, for this episode, I say bidet, and uh, I'm Andy, and my pronouns are he, him. Bidet, well, Andy. Bidet. <laughs> <laughs> for those who, who know, then you know we're, we're going to be talking about some critical role. I am so excited. I have been wanting to do this since you guys interviewed me originally <laughs> and in the great tradition of this show we are going to uh cover something that's been completed <laughs> for a couple years now so uh yeah so we're going to talk be talking exclusively tonight about campaign one uh the vox machina campaign vox machina in my opinion, the better campaign. I'm just going to say that. But yeah, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. I think we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for those who were are, are uninitiated, welcome. Uh, so, so critical role is as uh, DM Matt Mercer says, nerdy ass voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. What started out as a uh, as a birthday gift from uh, Liam to Sam, or for Sam to Liam, mm -hmm. where they played a, a version of fourth edition D and D, got Sam hooked. They then switched to Pathfinders and played a home game, which, according to them, happened like every they played like once a month or once every six weeks. Yeah, doing what traditional gamers did, which is do marathon six to eight hour games. They would do them on like Sunday mornings. Yeah, they were doing either Sunday mornings or Saturday nights, whenever they could get everybody together. Yeah. Um, and then the lovely and talented Fleish Day heard about the game from uh, one Ashley Johnson and uh, invited them to live stream the game on Geek and Sundry uh, on their Twitch channel. And I think there's actually there's actually little little snippets of video. Yeah. From from the moment that Matt was like, hey. Do you guys want to do this live? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's yeah, video yeah. of them around their home table. Yep. Uh, uh, actually, actually at Travis and Laura's house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, they, they first put those out uh, via Periscope, mm -hmm. for, for, which I, I don't believe is around anymore. Yeah. I don't think it exists. <laughs> TikTok killed the Periscope and Vine Star. <laughs> so, uh, so, so they joined Geek and Sundry. Uh, and, and on March 12th, 2015, the world was introduced to Critical Role. Oh, and the uh, world was changed forever. Absolutely. And I wasn't even there for it. Like, I wasn't even there for it. I didn't get into Critical Role until I discovered Matt and all of them doing the one shot for Vin Diesel. Oh, uh, wow. Called Diesel and Dragons. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> 
to to help promote the last witch hunter which if nobody if you guys haven't seen it that is top to bottom dungeons and dragons like yes. <laughs> it yes. is and it's amazing um, <laughs> but yeah 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 so so i saw it and i was like i'm sitting at home and i'm just flipping through youtube and this pops up and i'm like okay i know vin diesel plays dungeons and dragons right yeah and what is this little one shot he's playing like who's who's he playing with i clicked it and i'm like I'm like okay there's vin diesel right and this is with um geek and sundry mm-hmm. right um which which i think was part of it wasn't part of ign or it was owned by ign or something like that they were very closely related and and so I had seen these people before as like IGN hosts and stuff like that, like like or some of those people. And I'm going, okay, I know him. I know, I don't know who these people are, right? Like, and all of a sudden, like Matt opens his mouth mm-hmm. and just starts going, and I just my jaw dropped, and I'm like, wow, he is really into, he is good, <laughs> and and I think even even vin diesel was really impressed by it mm-hmm. like you could yes. tell watching he was just like all right i'm gonna do this and like he was a little intimidated doing playing in front of a camera which i which i thought was really interesting i you know mm-hmm. I, I and you know i know in the current age you know uh joe magniello is our is is the hollywood the ambassador standard, is the hollywood standard bearer for the D player but i remember and i brought it up before at the 30th anniversary of the uh, of the creation of D and D, they put out a you know a, a book, and Vin Diesel wrote the forward in it. Yes, he did. Conan yes. O'Brien promoting yeah. it and talking about uh, his character and you know his longtime played character. And I think I was I, I was at home, like I, I came out of I think I was watching it with my parents because uh, I was still living with them, and I was like. Mom was awake or something like Vin Diesel's talking about playing D and D, mom, and she's like, Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. like you do. Like you do. <laughs> and you know, and and you know, so like Vin D like Vin Diesel always have a place in my my heart because uh of you course. Know, because he was he was the first out there to say it. Um, and you know, and and now we've got Joe, and we've got Deborah Ann Wall, and we've got you know, who who, oh, oh my God, she's amazing. I yes. mean, who whoever thought Baby Vampire Jessica was a DM? You know, yeah. I mean, and a crap. really good one, yeah, and a really good one too. Like, holy Jesus, yeah, you know, and, and she's then, amazing. And then you turn around, and it's like every time you, you you look, it's like you know, oh, there's another one, and there's another one, and it's like really cool. Um, I, I remember being exposed to critical role before the Vin Diesel thing. Okay. Um, and I remember I, I, cause I had been a fan of the acquisitions incorporated guys, um, and their, and their podcasts slash live events. And I was initially a little hesitant about, you know, listening to other people play D and D. Um, and then. And I know the, the irony of that as a guy who now puts out a podcast every week yeah. of people playing D&D. <laughs> um, but those, the, I, I, while at work, because, you know, I had, you know, was streaming it on one of my many monitors at work. I had it up and was, you know, was listening more than paying attention. 
And to be fair, those first couple episodes while they were figuring things out were, were a little oh, rough. It is rough. Um, it is rough. I mean, audio wise, it's rough. Uh, mm-hmm. And, 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 and as much as, you know, much as I want to say, Oh, it's like, it's like being at, a, you know, my friend's gaming table. There's a lot. And, and it's the same thing with, with not safe for wizards. There's a lot of curbing you have to do. Mm-hmm. To take a home game and make it into content that is listenable. Uh, Definitely. And that was Definitely. a learning process that they had to go through. And it took many episodes to get there. Um, but I, at a certain point, I, I just kind of like, okay, well, like Matt Mercer impressed me off the bat. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, like he does. Like he does. <laughs> um, and, and being a longtime DM. And knowing how hard it is to create things, you know, and the three of us are all dungeon masters and all are, you know, one way or the other, you know, homebrewing our campaigns. It's a, you know, it's a tough process and you carry it all around in your head and your notebooks and your binders and that Word document or that Google Doc. But you still have to be able to like pull that stuff up like oh, yeah. right away. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and from somebody... Like me, who is <clears throat> severe ADHD, who you know loves to create things and, and look at things, and 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 yet doesn't write anything down, or I you know I suck at writing things down, taking notes. Uh, yes, I know I'm a DM, but I suck at actually doing DM stuff, <laughs> like the clerical part. Um, just the amount of detail that he puts into every single aspect of his world building mm-hmm. is astounding mm-hmm. like uh if you ever get a chance and i'm sure you guys have seen it but uh for the folks out there if you ever get a chance to watch his dm tips yeah he puts some really incredible information as to how he does that and like the tips and tricks that he uses to remember to do those things it's very cool Oh yeah, but it, the, the GM tips that that Geek and Sundry had uh, that series that he he was the face of for a long time was just really really good. Um, even as a even as an experienced dungeon master or game master, uh, you know it's always good to to look for sources for ways to handle things, and some of it works for you and some of it doesn't. But he was oh, a really good series. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then I I thought it was I thought it was very responsible of him to to, to turn it over to Satine Phoenix. Oh yeah, um, uh, because she's she's amazing as well. Yeah. Um, even though, honestly, I don't see too much of her anymore doing doing D and D stuff. But uh, she's still now she's, that she's now that she's moved to Colorado and and getting married and all she that. She got good married. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, she you know, she's still doing a lot of D and D stuff. It's just a lot of it now is uh, her Gilded Light uh, production yeah. and. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, it's still out there. And I saw some the other day, like she has has a series that will be coming out. But a lot of it also is for her Patreon patrons. So, hey, we should get her on the show. <laughs> I would love to have her on the show. I, if anyone out there has connections to Satine Phoenix. Maybe we need to read. You know, we do know B. Dave Walters. You do. True. I mean, but I mean, let's not go down. Uh, let's not digress. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so, oh, the one thing I wanted to mention, Joe, is that, you know, cause we were both kind of, you know, uh, 
uh, all three of us are talking about, you know, how much, how, how, how good Matt is. Right. And wanted to point out that, that his talent either makes you love him or hate him as a dungeon master. You know, uh, you either, you either look up to him and try to, it, it, Matt changes you as a DM. And I don't care who, I don't care who's, who you are, what kind of DM you are. If you watch his stuff, you start to see things that he does differently that you go, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Or, or I got to, I could incorporate that or, or wow, he found a way to do this and make it and, and do it well. You know, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I totally agree with you on that. I think, <laughs> no, 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 I, I totally agree with you. And, and I, you know, we've, we've talked about um, my feelings about folks who get all bitchy about the Matt Mercer effect, but I also say like, if you listen to Chris Perkins do acquisitions incorporated or, mm-hmm. um, Dice Camera Action, or you listen to Jeremy Crawford run uh, Acquisition Incorporated stuff, or uh, Jerry Holcomb run the uh, the the Acquisition Incorporated uh, C Squad, I think it was. Yeah, you know, hell, when I played in your game, or when I've stepped out and got to play in Kayla's game, or I step out and yeah. get to play with my friend Ryan, my longtime DM, like, or when I was playing with with. Just uh, my friend Justin uh, in our, our our home campaign. Get it as a DM. Getting to play with others is yeah. such a good way to restock the toolkit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Matt just happens to be, you know, I mean, critical role just happens to be so big that it's there in the cultural zeitgeist for gaming. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it's- mean. I think it's I think I think it's right up there right next to you know uh acquisitions incorporated because I think acquisitions was doing it before critical role right they were doing it they've been doing it since I think 2000 okay and they started okay. they were doing they were doing full hardcore uh fourth edition d and d that's what they started theirs okay. with yeah okay so so yeah so I mean you know you've got acquisitions incorporated right because that's what you're thinking of when you think d and d originally you know mm-hmm. as like oh where can I find like live d and d playing acquisitions incorporated and and then uh, almost overnight immediately you had critical role and critical Absolutely. role it just it and and the difference between them it, it's funny because it's the same it's Here's the and and I hope you agree with me on this. It's the same game, but it's so completely different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's being played two two completely different ways. And and that's the cool part about it is you get to see the contrast because like Acquisitions Incorporated, they're a bunch of old school guys who've been playing forever, you know, through different through different versions of it. And now here they've got this like and you see that they're all they're friends just like just like, you know, mm-hmm. Vox Machina, just like those guys. And they're sitting around the table, but since they've all played like older versions of it, they're the ones who are sitting around and, and they're, they're, they're kind of making the jokes and they're, you know, and they're not taking it as seriously as, uh, as, yeah. as Matt's game, which Matt's game, if you notice, there's not a, there, there are jokes, but it's like, they kind of make them and then they move on quickly. Right. And because that's the professionalism in it, you know, well, that's the actor in them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the difference is. I think though, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on on the guy who plays Jim Dark Magic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, this is gonna bug me. Um, 
he was new to D and D. He had not played before. Um, that okay. was that was a big part of the like first uh, the first episode of Acquisitions Inc. Uh, Mike Krahulik. Um, he had not played D and D before, okay. but uh, Jerry had, and uh, the guy who played Binwin had, um, and they were you know, but but he quickly because but it is it's it's also like the Adventure Zone um, that podcast like. They play the game for mostly for humor. You know, that's that's their wheelhouse. They're going for the funny in game mm-hmm. and out of game where, you know, critical roles approach, you know, they're they're actors, you know, mm-hmm. they're not they find the humor like bidet um, right. or beep beep. <laughs> um, Incognito. Yes. <laughs> Hype. Uh, high pooba of uh the doink and this and that <laughs> you know grand god you're making me laugh <laughs> uh, but you know so they 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 find the moments for humor but it is a more dramatic approach to it um than like than say acquisition inc what it was or um the adventure zone is it's, like it's almost it's almost moments of comedy levity that are needed in between oh my god yes you know, in between the drama and the terror and, you know, the hard yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, and that's, you know, I want to say that's good writing, um, but that's just, you know. It's I good improv is what it is. It's good improv, but it's also just good, like, you know, when you watch, you know, some intensely dramatic things, you know, Shakespeare does it in his, you know, in, in his dramas, you know, Macbeth, there's the. You know, the gate guard, you know, making dick jokes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, as it's bookended with, you know, plotting to kill, you know, plotting to kill the king and oh, killing the king. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers for the for those who haven't read or seen Macbeth, but uh, <laughs> it's been out, it's been out <laughs> for about 400, 500 yeah, years. So. I think it's been around for a while. I think it's OK. <laughs> You know, or you have Falstaff, uh, and uh, like we're, like we're going to get a cease and desist letter from you know his estate, the Shafford von Avon mm-hmm. estate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, that that's the way drama. That's why you have to make drama work. It can't just be. I mean, I guess it can. There are some some films and plays out there where you're just hit with dramatic event after dramatic event after dramatic event, but that that starts causing trauma after a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, and it's, it's, you can see the tension build up and you're just like, oh God, this is, that's why, honestly, that's why I don't like horror movies, man, because there is no levity. There is no, I mean, unless you just laugh at people getting chopped up, you know? <laughs> oh man, With, there are a lot of horror movies out there that have some really <laughs> funny bits. Okay. You, yeah. you, I'll give Good you killer horror. clowns from outer space. All the nightmare on Elm Streets. No, no, yeah. those actually were very traumatizing for me as a child. I refused There's a lot of to funny take a bath. shit in them. I, I refused to take a bath after the second movie. <laughs> it, was, it was showers. It was showers from then up until I was like, I don't know, 15. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say much because I'm still scared of clowns because of poltergeist. So oh, well, I can't go. really fault you. <laughs> uh, you know, Saturday the 14th ruined baths for me. Saturday the 14th. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that movie? Uh, I know uh, I've never seen it, um, but yeah, no. So they they find the way to bring in um, 
to to bring in the dramatic, but also sprinkle in the comedic the moment. I mean, and yeah. and I think what's cool about it is that the jokes are always in game jokes. It's not like 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 acquisitions incorporated. You know, yes, they do make yeah a lot of the, the humor is in in game, but a lot of it is just total breakdown outside of game too, where they just kind of non sequiturs and you know stuff like that. And it's and it's still really funny. It is. I mean, it's just it's not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I kind of feel like a lot of that is in jokes, like, like for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, versus... you know, uh, the, the three of them, you know, work in the web comic, you know, field. I yeah. Mean, you know, and, whole... and please, I don't mean to, I am not poo pooing acquisitions incorporated oh. at all. It is a wonderful series. It is, it is well done. I mean, for crying out loud, they have their own source book. So, yep. I mean, you know, it, it, it can't be all bad guys. No, um, no, it is, it is excellent. And if you ever hear Matt Mercer talk, that was one of his, like, that was an yep. inspiration for him to, yep. when he got asked about doing geek and, you know, doing critical role on geek and sundry, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, and, and I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like your game, Joe, uh, has, has some acquisitions incorporated kind of aspects to it. And that, that's what makes it work. I think it's good. I, I like to think we somehow are able to tread the the border between the two of them. So we started off with a lot of goofy stuff in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and and oh, I've been, I'm aware. <laughs> I, I I've been listening back through uh, some of our early episodes uh, because we you know since we moved to Discord and stuff, we've had to you know like I wanted to like update the notes section so people could remember who was what. Um, and yeah, there is a lot of joking going on and a lot of, most of it though, they keep to, we, we keep to in character stuff, but just like there's times I, I, I wish I had more, more of Matt's, uh, reeling them back in where oh, I yeah. think I let, I let things go a little too long, mm-hmm. um, and, and not reel them back in. Um, but I think, and Kayla can correct me, I think in our later you know, as we as the, as the game has gotten more dramatic, more intense, I think I've gotten better at, at reeling in when when the shenanigans happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it's tough too because, like, if if the players won't reel it in, you know, and keep talking and keep talking over you, it's hard to pull that together. But you're pretty good at it. I thank you. That was pure gold. <laughs> there was like an audible pause in the case, like, yeah. <laughs> I was I was connecting my words so they did not sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's so funny. You know, because it could have been like, yeah, you're great at it when the motherfuckers pay attention. <laughs> And, and I got to, I guess I have to say though, that, that, that there, the, when, when the motherfuckers pay attention, when I listen to critical role and I hear Matt have to repeat names, repeat locations, repeat things because his motherfuckers aren't paying attention. I don't feel like, I don't feel so much like, you know, it's amateur hour. Uh, yeah. You know, every yeah, table does it. Plus, plus, Marisha takes the best notes on Earth. Yes, she does. Like, <laughs> right, but even still, like I'm, I'm, I'm just started season two, and like 
he has to repeat himself like two or three times, like the names of places or the names of people or because there's side conversations going on. Yeah. Or, you know, so, I mean, it just makes me feel like everybody has a table full of assholes. Yes. 100%. That we love. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, completely. Yeah, completely. no, it's, like, it's like, because we're all gamers and we all think we know everything. Well, like, I mean, there's, okay, so, so here's, okay, here's, here's one of my takes on, on the cast. First of all, okay, like, you know what, let me, let me go down the cast for people who don't know, right? So we've talked a ton about Matthew Mercer, right? And everybody knows, well, you guys should know right now, but Matthew Mercer is kind of like the A-list DM out there, right? You know, everybody, you know, you think Dungeons and Dragons, you go DMs and you think of like celebrity DMs and then you go Matthew Mercer and then Morgan Duty. Um, Hi, Morgan. The thing (laughs) that just makes me so incredibly giddy and happy is the fact that we can say celebrity DMs and that's a thing. Right? Exactly. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. Exactly. So, so, okay. So joining Matt Mercer, the cast, these are these guys, these are all of their best friends. These are all like voice actors who've known each other for friggin' ever. And they all just, they, you know, like, like we said before, they all started playing D and D together. Um, so you've got, uh, uh, Matt's wife, uh, Marisha Ray, uh, who, who wasn't really a voice actor to begin with. Um, yeah, she came out, she, she came did out kind of, yeah. to do like in cameras, you know, on camera stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and she still doesn't do a whole lot of voice acting. She's more of a producer and director and, you know, things like that, which is great. Um, that's not discounting her at all. She's, she's amazing. Um, she plays uh, in, in campaign one, she plays uh, Keyleth, who is a, uh, uh, an elven druid. Um, then uh, uh, who, who I'm, I'm trying to think from the, from the, uh, from the, the promos from from the opening credits to see uh, it starts it starts Travis. off with, it starts with, off with Travis. Travis yeah with Grog so, so Travis Willingham uh, who is a voice actor uh, as well also he's done some on camera uh, things and and whatnot uh, uh, he plays uh, Grog Strongjaw who is a Goliath barbarian um, and he, my God does he play that guy. Like, oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> he is so good at playing dumb in the most intelligent way possible. Dumb and sweet. Yes. And scary. Mm. And just I mean, he's there's Travis has such range and and you think he doesn't. Like when you first start watching it, you're going, "Okay, he's playing the dumb barbarian. He's playing the dumb guy." Right? And you think because of looking at him, First of all, Travis is a jock, right? Yeah, Travis, like, is a, Travis is a huge like jock. Six, four, he's like 6'4". Uh, dude, dude played, uh, played some football. Yeah, yeah. He played football, I think, in college or something like that, right? Uh, uh, I, I don't remember. Um, but anyway, so, so the guy's a jock. The guy's big. He's strong. He's got, that, he's got the, the strong jaw, I guess, right? You know, the, uh, the, the square jaw and everything. And... and, and um, so you're kind of looking at him going, okay, and it, it fits, right? But, but then you get into the subtleties that he can, that he can perform. Yes. And I mean, there are moments that will make you cry from Grog, from this guy yeah. who's, got, who's doing a very low uh, Cockney accent, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you just go, oh my God, like what really? God damn it, this guy, you know? And, and 
he's he's always i think one of the things i love about travis is when he plays he is um he's by far one of the most excited when anything mm-hmm. happens on yes. screen. <laughs> yes. There have been like, multiple videos about the excitement and enthusiasm and sportsmanship of Travis Willingham. Yeah. Where, I mean, he will just like, like he, he's, he buys it. You can see he just buys into everything and he gets really super invested except for shopping episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he gets super bored and then goes off and starts trouble. Um, so anyway, so we've got Travis Willingham playing Grog, uh, Marisha Ray playing, uh, playing Keyleth. And, um, how would you guys describe Keyleth? So Keyleth and, and, and my, you know, rich girl uh, with a heart of gold. I wouldn't even go rich girl, but very sheltered girl. Like yeah. she was like very naive, very like thinking mm-hmm. the world, the world was like her, uh, for the backstory, she's from like a, uh, a a tribe, quote unquote, but they're not restricted to uh, any particular like one race. It's, yeah. you know, you're the Arashari accept everybody. Um, but she is, you know, she is the, the 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 daughter of the last member of the tribe who went to do the the Aramente to become the leader of the tribe. Her father is like acting leader. Um, and she's just very much, uh, she seemed very sheltered, very unprepared to go out in the world on the Aramente. And at times, and, and she wants to be friends with everybody. She wants to befriend people. She wants to see the best in everybody. She doesn't understand when people turn, you know, when people turn out to be shitty. Um, yes. and, and at times her, her approach rubs the other folks the wrong way. Um, and there are times though, when she gets, um oh she's incredibly socially awkward she's incredibly socially awkward that is true but also it's like when when like deciding to do things there are times when when some of the stronger personalities in the group can kind of influence her to make absolutely wrong decisions uh and i'm thinking about like when you know they tried gambling uh when they were doing the gambling in the crucible and Vasselheim, (laughs) um and and then you know getting Caught and and you know it's the the running joke is always you know if Keyleth is if Keyleth is left her on her own she's going to end up in jail. <laughs> I remember that. Um, it, it, so so for for folks who are eighties TVs aficionados, um, Ashley Johnson uh, is a member of the cast. Ooh, she plays yes. Trickfoot. Uh, and I yep. say for 80s TV aficionados because she played the youngest child, Chrissy Seaver, on Growing Pains. On Growing Pains. Yep. She sure uh, did. And she was uh, the waitress in The Avengers that Cap yep. saves and then is later interviewed, I believe, in like deleted She's scenes. She's the only member of Critical Role who actually has a line in the movie in The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, she has, you know, throughout the uh first campaign and and into the second campaign uh she was a reoccurring uh star on the NBC show Blindspot Blindspot so for much of campaign 1 either uh Ash would have to appear via uh Skype or some mm-hmm. other uh remote uh <laughs> remote versioning or 
if she happened to be home, she would come in person. And occasionally, if, if neither Skyping nor being in person was available, um, either she would be left away, behind away, or, or Jaegered by uh, usually Liam and uh, <laughs> Laura. Yeah. Um, so, which yeah. then brings up Laura. Uh, so, Pike, um, I feel bad because I don't think Pike got to develop as fully as the rest of the cast. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, and that's not her fault either. No, 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 no. That I mean, that's that's the byproduct of being a you know, you know, an actor with a gig. Yeah, working <laughs> actor with a, a successful TV series. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I recall several episodes where they're going, "Please end the show!" Like <laughs> they were telling and then, Blind and, Spot, "Please get canceled or something." <laughs> but then quickly would they would go, "Okay, we're just joking. We're, we're really happy that yeah, she's of working. course, of course." Um, but I think Pike, um, I don't know, for me, like Grog and Pike are often the heart of the, the uh, absolutely. party. Absolutely. Grog and Pike are, are not only the heart, but they're also often the, um, the moral, the morale, or, or the, uh, the moral compass. There you go. That's it. They really are. You know? Yeah. And, and they are this perfect combination of, you know, big and small. And yeah, uh, yeah. Pike, Pike. For those who are unaware, is a gnome cleric, uh, and gnomes are you know two to three feet tall. Yeah, she, gnome cleric, but I feel like there are moments where she kind of played as a paladin. There, well, I you mean, know? she was she was war domain, so mm-hmm. that that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she she there, there were there were paladin esque moments there for sure, but definitely. She also, however, was Johnny on the spot with healing. Um, oh, she was a clutch player several, several times in the show. Like, yeah. like the the meme has said, they would all be dead without her. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, several times over. Yes. Y'all several need Saren Ray. Y'all need Saren Ray. <laughs> y'all need Saren Ray, and it shows. <laughs> um, so we we mentioned Laura Bailey uh, for her Yeagerate. Well, if, if we're going down the row, well, we, we no, we we're not. Just do it. <laughs> All right. So Laura Bailey, uh, and and well, if you don't know who she is, then I don't know if you've watched anime or played any video games in the last twenty years. Um, she's she's Bulma for crying out loud in yeah. Dragon Ball. Like she's one of the most famous characters in anime history. You know. Yeah. Uh, who who is who is the the she is also the wife of Travis Willingham. That, so yep. Yeah. She she has. Pl- if you pull up her 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 resume, um, it's just long and it's forever. Yeah, uh, it's she's forever. also you know. Um, so she has you know she's just she's also been in feature films and she's been mm-hmm. you know. So she's can she's can, pretty... can we just give can, can we just give like a group sigh for Laura Bailey? Laura Bailey. <sighs> <laughs> I didn't hear uh, a sigh from Kay. Come on, do it, Kay. Um, so she plays, uh, Vexalia, uh, a half elf ranger, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and eventually picks up some levels of rogue because why not? Yeah. Well, cause like you do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she plays the twin to Liam O'Brien's character, uh, Vaxeldon. Now the reason they are, yeah, there you go. Geek point for K. Are we, Uh, are we? Are we doing I, geek points this episode? I, I didn't even pull a scoreboard up. I don't, don't think we're gonna do a geek. Point. I don't Fuck think it. so. Yeah, we can still give them. We're just not counting yeah. them. 
There yeah. we go. You people, um, you people don't get any geek points this week. Fuck you fuck all. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, and of course, the 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 fun of the of of these two being that they're twins uh, is that their names, Vaxeldon and Vexalia, get they go by Vax and Vex, mm-hmm. and it is a running goof up of mixing the two. Oh, there's uh, t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the I'm I'm Vax. He's Vex. Yeah. Uh, but it's perfect. Yeah, but it is a running gag, and uh, at some point, you you do hear the frustration of Matt's voice. Is like, yeah, you guys are the ones who pick names that close. <laughs> and and what uh, Vax is a rogue. What else did he spec uh, into? Rogue, then paladin, then paladin, then, and then odd, druid. odd combination, by the way. Uh, as as the as the kids yeah, online would say, the story. as mm-hmm. the kids online would say, that that build is mad, which is multiple. <laughs> Ability dependent. I've never heard that before. Me neither. But you know, see, if we were doing geek points, you'd have got one. Yeah. Totally. No. When whenever you go, if you ever go online and look at folks like, oh, what's a good multi-classing build? You know, or you someone asks the question of, I want to do a you know paladin uh, sorcerer. No, not a paladin sorcerer because that's not mad. Uh, you know, I want to do a paladin rogue. It's like okay, but you need your Charisma needs to be good for your spell casting. Strength needs to be good because you hit things, right? Um, or Dex has to be good, but most time paladins are you know need to be strong to wear the heavy armor, and then you know you should probably have a decent constitution or something because you need the hit points. Yeah. Um, so that's that's that is a knock against that sort of build where like a half elf ranger rogue dexterity is king. There, right. that's pretty right. much all you need to focus on. Yeah. A little bit of wisdom for the spell casting for Ranger, but with most of the spells Laura used, um, mm-hmm. it was, you know, pass without a trace. Don't doesn't matter what your, your wisdom is. Right. Um right. And Hail of Thorns. Hail of Thorns, um, or and then she healed Hunter's some. Mark. And then and Hunter's Mark and heal and 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 some healing spells. And that was it. That was yeah. that's pretty much all the everything she ever did. Occasionally so, speak with animals so she could speak mm-hmm. with Trinket, who we almost right. left out. Right. <laughs> Yes, yes. Laura, uh, yeah. Uh, Vax has a uh, uh, a bear uh, companion named Trinket that you know is really the star of the show. Okay, mm. you're, you're, mm. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um. So uh, next uh, we so, have. But, but hold on, hold on a second. We're talking about. Liam, I want to say, um, Liam is probably the most technical out of the group because he's the one, he was the one who, who it, you know, the original session was for. Yes. Was for him. And, and yeah, for his birthday. And he took, he took the game hook, line and sinker and just went for it. And you can see the, you can see the gears turning in his head constantly. Like, okay. Uh, all right, and and you, you're looking. You're, he's seeing angles, and he's looking at things constantly, and finding how you know, especially when it comes to combat, and I, and and what? wandering off. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would, I would put him one B for the technical. Yes, where I think Talos and Jaffe as Percy or mm, Percival I, Frederick Stein von Musel Klosowski the Roller the Third. Oh, just Percy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I played think, by Talos and Jaffe. 
Right. I think he's probably the more technical savvy of of the cast with Liam right behind him. I, I, I will doc- 100% disagree with you, but we'll I docked you a couple points because I listened to like 50 episodes of not knowing when he got assassinate, when he had advantage, when to use, uh, when he got sneak attack. Okay. Um, and, well, and, and that was for a bunch of his rogue stuff for a lot of, and it was like, God, and even he started like, God, I got to figure this out. I got to get, you know, mm-hmm. we'll end this, we'll end the, the, the campaign, but right as I figure it all out. So that was my, yeah. that's my one reason why the technical I'm, I'm, I would give it to, okay. to, to Talison. All right. So, so let me walk that back and say that, that he probably wasn't, I, I wouldn't even put him as, as, as one B. Okay. I would put him as maybe one C because I think where, where, uh, Liam excels with the character is is drama. Like if we're talking about role players, if we're talking about role players, Liam is is on is is on the top of the metal stand. Yeah, I think he he kind of like becomes the characters rather than yeah, you know you know what I mean. Like when he sits down at the table, he is he is Vax. He is you know, and and if you listen to when you're listening to it, um. Even when he talks to Matt, he very rarely breaks Vax's yes. accent. Yeah. Um, and, and, that can, and he does it now with Caleb. Yeah, <laughs> he does can, the exact same thing with Caleb. On into the second campaign, very rarely does he break his accent where, say, like if Travis is talking out of character, it's Travis's voice. It's not the Grog yeah. voice. Um, yeah. Same, th- you know, no, role player wise, he is totally on He's, the top he, of the metal stand. It's him for sure. Yeah. For sure, uh, but just just getting the technicals down for you know what you can do and what your abilities do. Like, yeah, he's up there and he gets it, uh, especially later on when he starts getting like the extra attacks for the paladin levels he took. You know, and and those yeah the the asterisk starred uh, boots of haste he has, which are were, were pullovers from Pathfinder that don't yeah. line up with boots of speed or boots of haste that exist in Fifth Edition, right? Like when he started getting like, okay, paladin attack, paladin attack, paladin attack, paladin attack, offhand attack. Mm-hmm. You know, dagger, but, dagger, dagger. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he, he does get it. But yeah, like I, I used to come home from, from driving and I was just like, when the hell is Liam going to figure out when the assassin, when he gets the assassinate, you know, auto crit versus, <laughs> you know, he's got, or when he, you know, what he needs to yeah. do to get sneak attack. Just, ugh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, no, but okay. So, so along, Liam is like, like even when he wanders off and causes shit to happen, he causes shit to happen. Yeah. He he pushes. Yeah. He pushes the game, which is great, which is which is amazing. Um. So so yeah. Yeah. You know what? When by that aspect, I think because I just rearranged things in my head a little bit and saw things from a different from a different angle. So yeah, I would say technical wise, ability knowing what your abilities can do, I would definitely say. Uh, Talison, you're right, is is probably that guy. Now, um, Talison does, does have the benefit of having played D and D for many, many years. Well, they brought well, Matt brought Talison in as the ringer, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to kind of help everybody out, and and it, it's it's very much like a moment of they surpassed him, like you know what I mean, uh, like the like the 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 student becomes the teacher mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and that by no means, by no way means, uh, means that, that 
Talison wasn't an important character or like a uh, player uh, because Percy was fucking amazing. Percy is probably like my favorite flavor-wise. He's my favorite character in the whole in the whole show. Uh, um, and, and so and so we don't give uh, Talison the short shrift on his you know bona fides. Like he again, uh, you know, if you're of a certain age, you might remember him from Mister Mom. Yep. Um, and throughout, you know, I mean, multiple movies and TV shows uh, in the the eighties, um, and then he became you know went into voice acting and you know and and you know and has taken off in that world. And not only is he a voice actor, but he's also you know voice director and yep. you know yep. script writer and all sorts of stuff. So it's like he's you know he, yeah he's he's got a very impressive. Everybody here has a very impressive resume. Yeah, everybody. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this mo the show is kind of like this moment where all the stars just align perfectly, you know, for these people. Uh, but, but Percy is a, he's a human gunslinger. Yeah. Uh, which, which at the time didn't exist in fifth edition. No. Uh, when it first came out, it was a, it was a, uh, a grandfather or something brought over from, uh, from Pathfinder because they started out playing Pathfinder. And they they transitioned over to fifth edition, um, and here, caused. I, go here, ahead. Here was the question I was. I've never heard the explanation for why why they, they changed, made why they made the change from Pathfinder to fifth edition. It was it was literally Matt got a hold of the books and said, "I want to try this stuff out." And he said, "Do you guys want to want to transition over? And I'll make it really easy for you to do it." And they said, "Okay, that's it's. I mean, it, there's that's it." <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean that that's uh, that's always like it's like I've never seen that addressed anywhere. Um, See, I, I, I saw it. I saw it somewhere in a, interviews. Yeah, okay. yeah, I've seen it somewhere in like a like a con interview or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, but, yeah. Um, they brought that class over, and then Matt released that on the DMs Guild. Yeah, he put it out in the DMs Guild as well as uh, Blood Hunter yes. for uh, you know Vin Diesel's, which which originally was Witch Hunter, and now it's Blood Hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so he brought that out, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, Gunslinger was my first fifth edition character that I ever played, uh, and I played for a while in a friend of ours, uh, Vinny's Vinny's campaign, former um, guest of the show. Yep, yep, Vinny Balzano, um, and uh, I absolutely loved it. I played a dwarven gunslinger, <laughs> so it was it was really cool. It was it was a lot of fun, and. Um, uh, I, I think I think that that I, I think that's a bold move for for D and D to incorporate steampunk into their world, you know, like to say, okay, this is now also part of the mythos. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, you go and go back to third edition and you know Eberron, um, but even back to say second edition, actually going back to you know original D and D, I mean they they have worked in firearms i mean there are guns and stuff even in the 5th edition dmg yeah uh, but they're but they're really but they're really um rudimentary stuff it's just yeah, it's, like it's an arquebus it's well yeah it's not it's not you know percy who is literally constantly taking apart his gun yeah. uh you know putting on new parts and trying to do different things and right he but creates it, a he creates a voltaic shock glove and you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that, that feels. I mean, it really feels like it's a lot of pulling from, say, Eberron, uh, mm -hmm. the, the third edition, three point X edition uh, campaign setting 
uh, from Rich Baker. Uh, you know, so non-existent geek point. <laughs> uh, ghost, so, ghost geek point. Okay, I'll take a ghost geek point. Uh, no, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, there's always been, but it, it was it was very uh, to come out and have uh, Keith Baker, not Rick Baker. I'm sorry, uh, Keith Baker um, to come out with. Well, I'm going to make a new subclass for you know for for this new edition of D and D because again, this show came out 2015. Fifth edition D and D had come out. 2014 so you know that's yeah you know you know you're 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 talent you're you're tinkering with you know cosmic forces yeah yeah no i i I completely uh yeah i get it uh i i completely dig the 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 whole concept of the character i think he's amazing Um, yeah the science bro yeah the science bro right right no i think he's really really cool and uh and fills an important role absolutely Um, absolutely so who's who's left? Uh, Sam. We got Sam Regal. Sam Regal. My opinion, the MVP of the of the whole campaign, and and it's it's amazing that that he's a bard. <laughs> he's another gnome, yes. uh, a gnome bard, Scanlan Shorthalt, and he plays the bard like he's a horny bard, you know. Um, and he's very full of himself and he's, you know, he's got the quick wit and the song and the dance and all this other stuff. And I think like Sam is to me is like the sleeper character of the game because you don't realize that he is, he is three steps ahead of you. Like, and he is like, um, and, and if, if you know, for those of you who've seen the, the, the last, uh, the last big battle of the game uh you know exactly what i'm talking about and joe you know right oh yeah no yeah yeah I mean, kayla you know right <laughs> i mean uh sam, Matt- sam is the one that at the very last moment will give you his whole heart yeah 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 there matt colville did a huge um a huge deep dive into uh that moment uh that we're 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 talking around but not talking about um where you know just going into how great that that moment is how how mm-hmm. how that bra- elevates D because you can see the emotional the emotions in it as he has to make what is a uh a and, and by the way by the way, it kills me. We can't just talk about it. <laughs> you know what? We, let's because it, it's it's two years ago. Okay. Spoilers! Um, if you haven't spoilers, listened folks. to Box Machina yet, go listen and come back. Go, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to remember now. He that to to well, well. First of all, set up set up the fight. What they're doing so, is they're so, all yeah go. They're they're all battling against like Vecna and yeah. We mean that Vecna, that Vecna, the 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 one-handed, one one-eyed dude, that fucking Vecna who is trying to ascend into godhood. Um, Already had ascended to godhood. That, he was, that's true. That's true. So he, he was trying to do the big event to get worshippers. Mm-hmm. That's uh, exactly right. So so it's like this last final battle against him, and it's him with Vox Machina with um. Uh, Joe Joe Mangiello playing uh, playing Archon the Cruel, um, and this is where he got his 
big start with the character, I guess, which is, you know. Well, he, I, he actually had played Archon, I believe, before this in the Force Grace second yes. season. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, another great series. If you haven't seen it, guys, watch it. Anyway, yes. so... Because you get to meet Deborah Ann Wall playing. Because you get to meet Deborah Ann Wall. <laughs> anyway, and, yeah. so so yeah, so they're 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 trying to they're, they're they're trying to weaken him enough, and and a lot of it is crazy because it's an aerial battle on top of a dead Titan, a castle, a tower that sits up top a, a Titan like, that like has half a city. It's yeah, like ha- there you go, half a city, like on the back of this Titan that is. It's actually, it's not dead yet. It's still moving. Well, like, it's an undead Titan. Yes. Okay. And, and it's, it's just, it's on its way to destroy um, uh, uh, one of the big cities. Vasselheim. Uh, Vasselheim. And, and there, you know, it's like this huge fight to the, to the death. And a lot of it is aerial because he's, he's, well, he's flying constantly. Yeah. He doesn't land. So they also have to figure out, you know, the logistics of getting up to him and then all this. And, and, and then they have to weaken him enough to pierce his body with these, these blessed, like, like rods of metal. Um, De- powered by other deity infused corkscrews. I, I looked at, the, I saw him as more like, like stakes. Like huge, yeah. long iron stakes. Yeah, I mean, technically they're like javelin size. So. Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Along the anyway, so they have to pierce him to that to just to kill him, right? So like they've they've you know it's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal, brutal fight, and I think people drop like a few times and come back, and they drop and they come back, and they, you know, and and so now they've literally wasted almost everything they have. Yeah, and and they're down to like this one final moment where um, they're like, okay, where Matt gives the, the code phrase, he's looking really rough. <laughs> Quote yeah, he, well, he, cause he had said, because they couldn't, because they, they came to the, to a problem of you can't kill Vecna because if you do, you can't then bind him because he will go to his phylactery. Right. So right. it's like, so- um, and, and at this point, Vecna, uh, I can't remember which spell he, he uses is, um, it was either finger of death or, or power word killer one or disintegration, one of them. And, um, the only way that they really had to defend against it is for Sam to use counter spell counter spell. Um, and for those unaware in fifth edition D and D, um, you can use higher levels. Uh, I think counter spell starts as a fourth level spell, and then you can use higher spell slots. Um, so any spell under the level that you cast counter spell at automatically is countered. Anything above, you've got to make an ability check for. Right. Sam has counter spelled several times. Yeah. In the in the session, and yeah. it comes down to this, and he had been saving a ninth level spell, the highest level spell that a spellcaster can use. Yep. So, so it comes down to like this last bit where they finally weaken him down to where Vecna's like, well, fuck this. I'm leaving. Right. You know, I'm just going to teleport away, you know, and save my strength or do whatever I got to do. Right. Um, Either way, you know, he's looking at the odds and going, I might die this next round, you know, or what in the next few seconds, let me, let me get out of here. And he goes to use teleport and Matt forgot Sam 
Matt wasn't keeping track. Um, and suddenly, uh, uh, you, well, okay. So, so before that happens, you guys can see, you guys can see as Matt is talking about this to Sam, like to, to Sam doing this, you can, you can see Sam. Like if you look, there's videos of it on YouTube where it's just that moment where you can see Sam kind of working it out in his head. He's looking stuff up. He's looking at us. Right. And even Joe Mangello, who's, who is sitting next to him is looking over at him going, what is he doing? Like you can see this perplexed look on his face. Right. <laughs> and, and uh, he says, you know, Matt says, uh, uh, so Vecna, he's going to teleport away. Right. And as he's going about saying it, everybody's panicking. And then, Sam goes, Oh, good thing I saved a ninth level counter spell. Like <laughs> and and you see Matt's face just go wide with fear and amazement. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> the, and pride. Okay. But and there's cr- there's yep. a moment though before he says that, he turns to Liam and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he's like counterspell ninth level. Yep. And it is so heartbreaking because Vaxeldon has been killed a couple times, um, made a deal previ- made a deal twice with the Raven Queen once to bring back his his sister who had who had died, and then um, when he died to Vecna, uh, he had made a deal to um, come back, come back, complete the mission to to kill Vecna because Vecna was going to be the only deity on. Uh, Matt's universe has this thing called the Divine Gate. Most uh, all of the gods that exist in his world are on one side of the Divine Gate, opposite the Prime Material, and Vecna was on the Prime, you know, was on the the, the Prime Material side of the Divine Gate, and would have been the only god to walk the earth. Right, he he been the only god to walk the earth, and the the Prime Gods, as they're called in in mm-hmm. Matt's world, would have to make the the tough call of. We break the divine gate, which then will allow not only the prime gods to intervene, but it would also allow the betrayer gods to intervene. Those would be the evil aligned. And you do know, we the, really have to come downstairs? Like, yeah. <laughs> and and the thinking is that either neither choice is a good one. Having Vecna be the only god on the prime material, not a good idea. But yeah, no. opening the divine gate to allow everybody through could lead to another calamity. Yes, you could. Uh, yeah. So, but Matt Colville, like I said, has that moment where he does, like covers this in one of his how to play D and D videos. Yeah. Uh, and just has that moment where, where Sam turns and says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen the, 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 the session yet, but I saw that. Yeah. And I, I recognized that choice that as a player, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to make. Um, and yeah, that well, because, was, just, well, because just what he was going to do, what he's, he had later said what his plan was was that he was going to use that that ninth level as a wish spell mm-hmm. to wish him back to life and um matt or matt uh sam and liam for those of you don't who don't know they are best friends Absolutely and best friends and and that that friendship transcended into the game which is an amazing thing that happened and you can actually see after Matt goes through with it and he starts describing what's happening and blah, 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 and then continues on with, with the combat, you can see Sam just kind of sink. And yeah. like he, he, starts, he starts crying. It's the mm-hmm. only time I've ever seen Sam Regal 
um, genuinely, <laughs> in my opinion, emotional. Because, okay, I'll say this about Sam Regal. First of all, Sam, I absolutely love you as a, as a voice actor, as a player. Um, in a lot of ways, you are my favorite player, um, even to this day, even in the new campaign. But what I will say about Sam Regal is, okay, so Sam Regal's background, a lot of people, you know, that people that don't know, Sam Regal, another child actor, right? Um, Sam Regal, but his, his was mostly um, growing up uh, stage. Right. As a matter of fact, he played. Uh, there's there's video of him uh, in the uh, DC, in a few, DC version of uh, Les Mis. Les Mis, <laughs> as the little boy. I forget the little boy's name. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's video of him singing on stage and stuff like that. So uh, he kind of grew up in the uh, in the yeah. theater, in the, yeah, in the theater in that that realm in that that group uh so he kind of came out you know grew up you know came uh, as an adult came out on the other side a little bit different so uh he tends to be i don't know he tends to come off less genuine to me and that's just to me uh than than the other you know the other actors the other the other the other uh friends um and and he kind of he kind of lets that show through excuse me through um scanlan you know like scanlan will come off and and he will he'll make a joke he'll make a uh he'll do something just oh i'm just gonna do this you know and like not really care and make it seem like he doesn't care and he and that's 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 where he gets you he is playing you from the beginning (laughs) and and you don't think that he's that he's taking any of it seriously because he doesn't he he mispronounces names he forgets things uh he'll be like oh is that a thing i can do is that um can i just do this and and we've all had players like that where they kind of they play at your table and you can tell they're not really taking it seriously or they seem like they don't and and i guess that's why it perturbs me a little bit because that motherfucker will turn around and be like i'm gonna do this this and this and this and it is the best play of the entire session, <laughs> like a hundred percent. And goddamn you, Sam. <laughs> so, so yeah. So Sam turns around, and and he's he he has those rare moments where he's just where he pours his heart out, and and that's that's awesome. That's so so cool. Um, God, what more can I say about the character? Um. The, the, the one caveat to put on it. So at about like episode 86, 85. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know where you're going. Uh, the, the character of Scanlan uh, has been killed twice in like one day or 24 hours. Uh, and, and after being brought back the second time uh, has a bit of a, a, a bit of a fit with the rest of the group and decides to walk yep. away. Um, and then after they take their momentary break, uh, you know, the, the party moves, uh, the, the rest of the party moves on to their next, uh, bit of travel they need to do. So they, they're sort of in, they had just finished the Chroma Conclave, uh, story arc. Um, and that they like kind of get into this period of like, they have all these extra little plot bits laying around things that they're each, each loose ends, 
yeah, loose ends that need tied up. Um, and so one of the things they need to do is they, they needed to go to uh, another another continent to uh, the city uh, of Ankarel, and they meet this. Here's the rich kid uh, <laughs> character that uh, Keyleth was not. Uh, and, and he then plays for, you know, several episodes. Uh, Terry and Darrington. The third, wasn't it? No, it's just Terry Darrington. Yeah, Terry Darrington, um, son of Howard. Uh, and and uh, he's a human artificer, but he's an artificer using the, like, either the... The, the, the UA. The UA for either the Eberron stuff or just the, the like the second no, or third was, UA that came out for Artificer because right, right. that they had, class, they had just dropped the UA, right? But, but well, because remember Artificer had shown up in the Eberron UA that they put out uh, that yeah. also is where we, um, and then they brought it back like a couple more times to figure it out because uh, it was it took a bit of work to figure it out and they eventually so originally uh, it was a, a wizard subclass. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's its own class uh, that you could get in uh, Eberron uh, Rising from the Last War or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's an artificer who has his mechanical assistant, Doty. Take this down, Doty. Yes. Uh, and, and, and he is a completely different character than Scanlan. Um, I, I also want to point out the reveal for that was yeah. gold. Yes. It it was it was very much like I could see that in like a like an episode of TV or like a, a television series of mm-hmm. you know the party just dealt with this this huge breakup uh, explosive because that that episode oh, that, that was heartbreaking yeah that uh, that session was pretty pretty rough and then you turn around and and there is you know this human in very bright shiny armor. Uh, with his automaton behind him. Yeah. He was getting kicked out of a bar or trying to get into a bar or something. And it he was, was just, he was, he was, uh, he had a bar fight. He yeah. was like, <laughs> he pissed somebody off at the bar, I think. Yeah. And, and, um, and there he is. And I want to say that's where Matt like ended that session. Yeah. Sort of. And it was, it was, it was perfect. It was a perfect reveal. It was a perfect way to introduce this character. Um, and, uh, you know, to not have it, you know, drag out. So he was there for most of the, I would say the last leg of their journey, like the last, you know, the last qu- quarter of their arc. Yeah. He, uh, so T- Terry Darrington was started in episode 85 and, mm-hmm. uh, left in episode one Oh two. Okay. So he went, uh, uh, ended up being, he was, he was, um, uh, the character was also ended up being gay. Yes. Uh, which was really cool. Um, uh, and, and that's another thing is that, is that uh, Sam likes to play around. He likes to experiment with different uh, characteristic aspects. You know, just he, he likes to experiment with things like that, which is really cool. Um, and, or just do them just because he thinks they'll be fun. And, and that's, that's, that's the way it should be. You shouldn't have to, you know, don't, don't limit yourself to stereotypes if you're going to play a and d game, you know. Yeah. But um, no, I love Terry. I thought he was really cool. Uh, uh, at first, at first you hate him. <laughs> I don't know about you, but at first you hated him because you're just like, how dare you? You know, like you're mad. I'm so mad at Sam because he just, he just bitched everybody out and left. Like his, his, his character just bitched everybody out and left. And, and then has the audacity to come walking on with this new character, you know? 
and you didn't want to accept it because it's it's not Scanlon and it's not you know you didn't want to accept who he is and 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 the team didn't do it either. the party didn't do it either they were I think like the second episode they beat the shit out of him in a back alley <laughs> like kind of like as a hazing or something no no like no it was it was uh it was like outside of Whitestone Castle like on like like the lawn but was they, it yeah yeah because okay. they they'd come back to Whitestone um and decided that if he's going to be, cause I think he was paying them like 50,000 gold to let him or 35,000 gold to let him yeah, travel with them. So he could, you know, check off his, his checklist of being an adventurer <laughs> to prove he was, he was worthy of his father's spineless fortune or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just, just started beating on him, uh, you know, and, and not, not really holding back. Although I think, no, I want to say Percy and Keyleth did not, no, Keyleth did participate. Percy didn't, and I don't. And I think Vex was not. Vex had gone to check on something, so like she came flying back on her broom mm-hmm. to see like the ending of the the Vox Machina jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 for Sam to be able to evoke those emotions in his fellow players, yeah, because they were they were they that was cathartic for them. They were mad. Yeah, the, um, what was the, they, you know, on the following episode and uh, starting around like episode one, no, no episode 50 or 75, uh, the show uh, Critical Role got an after show uh, in the veins of like the Talking Dead or, mm-hmm. you know, after the Rose for the Bachelor, for those fans of The Bachelor. Yeah. Um, Fox Machina. Machina hosted by Brian W. Foster, who is the. They're engaged or they finally get married, uh, Ashley Johnson um, and Brian. They have not gotten know. married yet. They're still planning the wedding. Okay. Um, which for a while was probably pretty hard because, you know, she was living in New yeah. York most of the year. So um, so he hosts it. it. Once a week, uh, they let Brian out of his cage. Yes. Uh, because he smells <laughs> like cabbage. We'll, keep, we'll do all the tropes. Um, <laughs> and he has uh, members of the cast on uh, and... If there's a guest, if they have a guest star and they can get them to come back, they'll have the guest star on and they answer questions that either Brian has and or from the rabid critter community who asks them on uh, Twitter, Facebook or Reddit. Um, mm-hmm. So and they also do uh, originally they were doing uh, GIF of the week and fan art of the week, uh, which uh, later cosplay changes, the week. Later changes the week. to cosplay of the week. Right. Uh, they get rid of gift of the week and change and change to cosplay of the week. Um, but that doesn't happen until to campaign two. So we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think though is really awesome um, of, of them recognizing the artistic talents and technical talents of the critter community uh, by, you know, you know, giving them prizes. Uh, you know, usually the gift of the week would get some sort of actual critical role merch. And then the fan art of the week would get something really awesome from Wormwood Gaming. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Quebec. Sorry, me. I never got any of that stuff, man. Oh, no, no, no. But that was that once they like the oh, giveaway rules yeah. changed and it was like they could do United States and Canada except Quebec. Um, laws. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, 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 Terry Darrington was there for a bit and then Scanlon comes back. And uh, so we're getting a little long. <laughs> we are getting uh, a little long. We're getting a little long. We're we're about uh you know hour twenty in. Um 
favorite characters go down the line. Uh, Andy, you're, you're kind of on record for yours. Yeah, for sure. Kayla, who is your favorite campaign one character? You know, it's a really, really tough question because I oh, kind I of love them all for different reasons. I mean, like, ultimately, it's Trinket. But, <laughs> you know. Because you got a bear thing. Because I have a bear thing. Um, but they, they all kind of really hold special places in my heart for, for so many different reasons. It's, I it's was really. I was associated you with, with, with Vex. Just See? Her, her, her personality matches so much of you. I think in my younger years. Yes. I was very Vex. Yes. Um, not so much in my 40s. Uh, <laughs> we're not uh, that old. We're not that old. Uh, she, she, she can't hold her breath that long. No. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I made myself laugh. <laughs> well, you should. I mean, God. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. Like, Grog... I just, I absolutely adore for so many reasons. The, the, the genius that is, you know, mm. Travis Willingham playing Grog is incredible. Um, I, I, well, I have so much love for his talent and, and the also subtlety. Also, whenever you see him, you just kind of do grabby hands. Like, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a giant and beautiful, but they all are. See, that's the thing. It's like, you know, when, if you're going to talk physicality, like they're all beautiful. They're all absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. You know, um, but like he's just—it's—it's—it is the 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 way that he played, being someone that mm -hmm. is big, big, big into role playing. The way that he was able to play that character that had so much heart and and just there's so much nuance that if you're mm -hmm. if you're not if you're not paying attention, you know, we'll we'll kind of go past you. Um, but there's no, I don't, I don't know that I could say that there's one absolute, you know, that is, that is my everything. I think I'm kind of in love with them all for different reasons. Um, you know, it's, it's not like second season where I can definitely give you like, okay, if, these, but at the same time, I love them all too. If um, you had to hang out with one of them, if you could only pick one to hang out with a character, not actor, who would that one be? One to hang out with? Yeah. yeah. It would definitely be Grog. Okay. Without a doubt, one hundred percent Grog because Grog is fun. Mm -hmm. He's he's a blast. He's easy to get along with. He's not, you know, Vexalia is too full of herself. So is Leant. So is uh, Vaxeldon. Um, you know, Saren Ray is sweet, but to hang out with, I think would I'd get bored really quick. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like Pike seemed to have a. a Pike is a bit of a badass, and she, you know she can hold her yeah. liquor. Monster, <laughs> monster. Yeah, um, I, I love that about her. I, again, it's it's tough, yeah. but you know, I mean, honestly, Percy would probably be a whole lot of fun to hang out with. <laughs> you know, I think that I think that he would be a trip, especially pre dating Vex. Mm. Percy would get would would be fun to get high with. Oh yeah. fuck yes! Well, I, I think that's Percy or Talus and Jaffe. I was gonna say, yes. I, was gonna say I think that's really, really more to do with getting high with Talus and seems like a likeable <laughs> that you should have. Um, yeah, that's on my bucket list. Um, yeah, it's it's really tough because they're they're all so interesting and fun and cool and you know I I mean if it was actors if mm. it was actors though it would be Laura Bailey. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, she strikes me as like somebody that is really fun and entertaining to hang out with and like would totally chill on like the girl talk and, and just being a human. Yeah. You know, her and, and Talison. I think Talison mm-hmm. overall is just, I, I could listen to him tell stories forever. <laughs> well, he knows a guy. He doesn't know a guy. <laughs> um, oh, it, 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 I, you know, I asked the question and, and I, I, I'm in a similar, it's a tough call because um, they're all such good actors. They, yeah. they're such, imp- so really good with, with the improv and the role playing. Um, but I think I would go with Grog as well um, because <laughs> he, you know, it really isn't in Travis's portrayal. Um, each of them at some point has, you know, broken me while I was driving and I ended up in tears. Yeah. Um, but there is, I want to say it was the second time that Sam dropped mm. when uh, Scanlan dropped and Grog picks him up Yells, and, is, him. and he's like, fix, fix him, him. Yes. fix him. And I'm Broke. driving. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving and the tears just start yeah. rolling down. And it's like, there was so much, so much raw, real emotion in that. Have that you, Joe, have you seen that moment on video? I have not. Oh. You have to watch it. Oh, you have to watch it. Travis, just his eyes go red. Mm. Like, and like just, he comes. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I think comes grog at that moment. Yes. Like, yes, he that. absolutely does. You know, um, and this we may edit out. Uh, <laughs> what what were your feelings about Tiberius? Why are we? Wait, 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 wait. I, I was kind of wondering why we skipped it because he is an important part in, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I will say that I love Tiberius as a character, whether or not he should have been. You know whether or not Orion Akaba was a good player or not is 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 different. Okay, Tiberius as a character, the character of Tiberius, amazing. If he had been, if he had stayed, easily my favorite character of the whole game. I remember in the beginning when I was watching, uh, before I knew what had happened, I thought Tiberius was absolutely hysterical. Oh, he's you know awesome. he was such a funny character and he played that that character very very well and Mm -hmm. the it again the character was incredible there were certain things about how he played that like started me to go wait something something's up with this guy orion okaba was not a team player that's just how it is exactly and there was a lot of like not team play to the point where travis actually at one point or was it travis or sam who was actually like whose team are you on yeah or was it Liam? I don't know. One of the guys. Somebody said yeah. it. Yeah. No, was they're... like, dude, what team are you on? Um, but... but we've all played with that. We've all been in a group with that player, though. The one right. who's kind of a wrench thrower, kind of mm-hmm. a, you know, I'm I'm going to do my own thing. You know, the rest of the group be damned. Well, we'll see. Well, I don't think I don't I wouldn't call Tiberius's character or 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 Orion Akaba as a a wrench thrower of the character what i would consider it is more of a he kind of felt like it was the tiberius show when it was his turn so it was more of a not not fucking up what they're doing but more slowing them down to a crawl like 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 bringing bringing the show to a halt every single time it was his turn you know um yeah he wanted to do a thousand things at once 
Right. Right. He wanted to, he's like, he, it would, it would go to, I think like one of his turns literally took about an hour. Yeah. Um, you know? there, yeah, he, there was a lot of fumbling around and then like, oh wait, I can't do that because that's concentration and I'm flying right now, or I can't do that because I'm invisible or I can't, you know, but my thinking is more of like the Craghammer story arc and they get to town and they go to, you know, instead where, of where like, he goes to that wizard. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes the, to the, the wizard the, house. The thunder, whatever yeah. people they are. I forget, the, I forget their name. Thunderspine, something like that. Uh, yeah. Something like that. He goes to there. He goes to the wizard house. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was actually, I was actually really intrigued by that. I mean, I was, I kind of wanted to see where that was going to go. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he never actually got into the house. He never got to right, talk to his, anybody. Right. No, because you know. his, his whole approach wasn't to try to do it in a diplomatic way or in right. a, it was okay. Well, if I, you know, I'm going to do, you know, do these things. And it was just like, you know, later on when you get to the, the wrap up, uh, the, 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 the campaign wrap up, or was it even like the, the fireside chat afterwards? And Matt basically says, you know, those choices kept the Thunderbrand, maybe that was their name. Something from, like that. From from they were they could have possibly been an ally down in Craghammer and yeah. you know, but the the approach that was taken just it's you know, it ruined it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't put that as a That's wrench throwing in my, my in, Okay. In, you know, it's a little bit of wrench throwing. It's like or Basically, like when again, Craghammer with the you know they're going on the assault uh, on the the pyramid, uh, and he's just kind of flying around while they're all inside, you know, attacking Kavarn. Yeah, I mean, I understood a, a good percentage of like his thinking in that they knew they're facing a beholder, and he knows that a beholder has the anti magic eye. Yes. So, so I think it was more of a I mean, I, I see what he was trying to do. He was trying to do some recon and then stay out of, you know, try and try to try to. I, I see what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? Like he was right. trying to he do was... some recon. So, so like you know, he he flies outside and he sees like the the horde of of uh, illithids coming his way, coming their way, and they're all coming there. And he's like, oh fuck. Um, and he goes back to report and then tries to, and then kind of joins in the fight. Right. You know, and, and just does his thing, you know, um, I see what he was trying to do. I think it was executed poorly. Right. It, it, and my, my, my take on it would be as a player is you have Kila who at the, you know, was, was bouncing back and forth between spell casting and, you know, wild shaping. Um, and if you had Scanlan casting and you would have had Tiberius casting, at least one of them would have been outside of the anti-magic eye, the anti-magic ray. Yeah. uh, So that they would have been able, you know, I don't know to me, like you said, not a team player. It was when, when it became, when Orion got the spotlight, it became the Tiberius show. Yeah. Um, but, but it, which, which saddens me because honestly, I felt, I felt like he was one of the best players. He was one of the best characters of that show, uh, in the early, in the, in the early, episodes and what he's on for like 20 episodes 28 episodes 27 27 episodes mm-hmm. and and that's and and that's funny because when i tell people you know it's like you want to get into critical role and they're like oh there's so much out of where do i start blah 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 i tell them skip like the first 20 episodes they don't matter because they don't <laughs> it, it's it's uh it doesn't start getting good until about the briarwood or the 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 the, the briarwood yeah, the no yeah the briarwood the briarwood arc yeah um yeah, because 
Tiberius is there for uh, early part of the Briarwood arc and then disappears at, at when they are in nearing Whitestone, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I have actually made, may have even made it to Whitestone. He disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I there are things I like about Tiberius, um, but there are also, I guess there are just parts of, of, of him that grated on me that um, <laughs> just was like, I don't know if it was the selfish play or if it was the the puffed up. I mean, I totally know, understand it's a character choice. He's, you know, he's kind of the stranger in a strange land. Right. Character. Right. Um, but then like getting Lockheed, uh, the, the, yeah, no, I, I agree. With you. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, like he, I feel like the character gets a bad rap because of the actor, you know? And, and I, I know it's hard. I, I know, I know that, that it's kind of like, well, that's because that's how he, pl- he chose to play him, you know? And, and it, it was his choice to do it and blah, blah, blah. So he, I don't it, know. I don't know. It, it, I didn't hate him so much. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Tiberius. I just, he was sort of, and we've all probably been in D and D groups before. But there's just that one player who, you know, the character just never fits in fully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, Okay, so we will. I want to find uh, favorite arcs. So, so we'll we'll, we'll we'll kind of size them up. There's Craghammer, there's the Briarwoods, there's Chroma Conclave. the Chroma, Chroma, Chroma Conclave. Then there's like the tying up loose ends, uh, and then we've got the Vecna Ascendant. Yeah, uh, favorite of the arcs, Briarwood for sure, hundred percent. Uh, Briarwood was was. Uh, emotional it was personal it was it had high stakes it was this god it was just this emotional roller coaster the entire time um it was i feel i feel one of the more deadly uh life-threatening uh uh arcs that they went through um because they were constantly going are they watching us are we are they about to get us? Are they, you know, like constantly looking over the show right from the moment that, that Vax almost dies because Liam is a dumbass and sneaks off by himself. <laughs> Self. Um, oh, and, and, uh, Iman, when the Iman, show up for the, uh, yes, yes. That, that, uh, the whole bit, I mean, like as soon, okay. <laughs> Uh, so the Briarwood arc is real quick is um, uh, uh, part of Percy's backstory. Um, the Briarwoods are, are a couple who basically killed off Percy's entire family. Uh, and, and one is a vampire. One is a witch, right? Uh, right. Necromancer. Necromancer. Okay. There you go. One, one's a, yeah, one's a necromancer. One's a vampire. And, uh, uh, they're tracking they finally hear about them they're going to go check it out and they're in this this uh they're in uh, a palace in the palace in Edimon. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the, the briarwoods show up as the representatives of whitestone, whitestone. uh to build their, their they say they have connections in wildmount to build a bridge from wildmount to Tal'Dorei across the shearing sea uh, yep. which is a notoriously tricky uh bit of of sea to navigate because of all sorts of rocks and reefs and stuff and it's yeah. it's uh so th- the idea is yeah. somehow make a bridge yeah 
So, so, you know, right away, Percy's like, what the fuck are they doing here? You know, so the whole, like there's like a, I think there's like a dinner scene where they, it's like a really awkward dinner scene where they're all sitting there or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, they, they get told about it. Uh, yeah. when they, when they come back from Craghammer hammer, uh, to, um, to, to let them know, like, cause like they came back and they had the, the Orcus, the horn of Orcus. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, there's okay. Um, we need to, we need to go get the horn of Orcus, you know, uh, transported to, you know, transported to Vasselheim to lock it up. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, the Briarwoods are going to be in town. The the thing that is so upsetting is Pallison got sick. Yeah. For the episode where, when the dinner happened. Mm-hmm. Pallison was, was, he was, like, he had the flu. He had the yeah, he really, was down really bad. bad flu. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what it was? He got, he got con crud. Right. He got con crud real, real bad. Um. And, and so he missed like the whole like dinner scene, the reveal of them. Yeah. And, and Matt was mad. Matt was upset about it. Like, so not like, not like mad, like fuck you, Talison. Like, oh, God damn it. I wish we could have done this. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Um, as a DM, and, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Um, and, and so, so yeah, that, that moment where, where uh, Vax decides, I'm going to, sneak off and do some recon and blah 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 and 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 go see what they're up to and Mm -hmm. totally underestimating these two people not knowing what they are because nobody knew what they were at this point nobody knew they were vampires or or a vampire and a necromancer nobody knew that what they were they just knew that they were bad people and he was going to go sneak off and he sneaks up to their door or whatever like that and 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 he gets inside like like don't they don't they open the door and pull him inside or something like that uh, I, something along those lines. Um, he he they they pull him inside and immediately like hypnotize him, like immediately incapacitate the guy. Yeah, and he's standing, and you know, and and uh, Matt Matt says he he he's of course voicing the Briarwoods and the um and Lady Briarwood. She just looks at him. She says, "You look absolutely delicious." And he ends the episode right there. And I was like. <gasps> Fuck no! Like he's gonna die next episode, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it was it was like this really like like it was you know some of Matt's best storytelling in that in that story arc, uh, and some some of the best playing, some of the best moments. Uh, we get the sun tree out of that. Uh, we get um, uh, we get Pike being able to like just completely decimate this horde of undead that was coming at them. That was just fucking amazing. It was one of the best moments Pike has ever like, like uh, Mm -hmm. offensively one of Pike's best moments. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, That that uh, was, that was an epic moment going over, over the wall uh, in her astral form. Yeah. And like land. land, Okay. We're saying it's such a cool scene, but it was, (laughs) it was all in our heads. There was it no, was all in our heads. There was no director of photography. There was no special effects coordinator. There was no fight coordinator. There was no props department. It was all based off of you know, the descriptions of Matt, Ashley, uh, Sam. Yeah. It was, you know, but we can you know, all see in our head her leaping over the wall, landing in the middle of this horde of undead, pulling forth her her holy symbol of Saren Ray and just radiant like, like these spectral off. wings come out like yes. and just like oh and yeah. the radiant sh- you know yep. you know what you know what 
that's going to be in the animated series. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, you're right. All right. Um, so, so Andy's is the Briarwood. Kay, what's your favorite arc? Briarwood's good. Briarwood's is really good. Kind of like the Chroma Conclave. I, I will give you that. I totally did the Chroma Conclave. There is, I mean, first of all, dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, dragons um, and dungeons and dragons? Yeah. Shocking. Crazy. Um, <laughs> it just, yeah, there's, and I mean, like, Chroma Conclave is where we get to meet some of the really cool NPCs um, and guest characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some really incredible guest characters came in during Chroma Conclave that just were clutch. Mm-hmm. And so incredible, you know, Mary Elizabeth and, mm-hmm. and, uh, oh my God, names are falling out of my head, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, Felicia was Day just, was in on that one. I Felicia uh, Day, who was hysterical. Um, like I'd known Felicia Day and I'd known like stuff that she had done, but that character I didn't know was she just was funny. Like, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Like that character just absolutely floored me. <laughs> Well, okay, and so, she... so I only knew her from, like, at that point, I knew her from uh, 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 the, uh, what's the, the, the web series she did? The Guild. The Guild. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, I knew her from what the I'm Guild. Here for. <laughs> I knew her from the Guild, and I knew her from um, Dollhouse, you know, because she had, like, at the, the, the season, or the, the series finale, she had, like, a bit part on Dollhouse. Mm. Um, like, in, like, like, in the, the last two episodes or something like that. And, 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 uh, and, and also Eureka, she was on Eureka for a little bit and that's yeah. all I knew her from. And, and she was, you know, uh, I knew her as playing this quirky character who was like, you know, uh, she was kind of like the straight man, not the funny person. You know, she wasn't the funny guy. She was the straight man. And here she is playing this really fucking funny character. Yeah. She came her- out of the gates just hard like she hit the ground running with that character you know like you just i mean you could see every like nobody knew what to expect yeah we knew felicia day was going to be on the show and like they all knew her but you can see even on all of their faces she opened her mouth and they all just went oh my fucking god like yeah stop laughing It was hilarious. Oh, she was so good. And and that's I think that's part of why I love Chroma Conclave so much because it's really kind of in that that spot where they were really getting into like bringing in really cool guests and doing a lot of really neat stuff and they had all really settled into their characters and you know progress was being made and relationships were being formed and it was like it's this kind of to me anyway it's it's kind of this this central hub of coziness uh will in this, yeah will oh my god will fidel's he just, oh. jesus <laughs> i mean i mean technically um you know we meet felicia mary elizabeth will fidel and will wheaton um in the fast it's in between it's it's, it's, in between. it's between it's between craghammer and briarwood is it no yeah. yes the 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 slayer's take yes oh wow really Yes. Closer to Chroma Conclave. Okay, whatever. You you're you watched it most or you listened to it most recently. Yeah. Um so you're going to point out all the things we get wrong uh, <laughs> because our brain reorders everything. But but besides all of that, Chroma Conclave just uh, the dragons and the it was the first time I think that I had seen 
like multiple just dragon after dragon after yeah. dragon and all of these and matt did a very good job kind of encapsulating the different uh personalities and mm -hmm. types of dragons and things like that and i think he had a lot of fun really playing with that in most campaigns yeah. you see like you know you might see one dragon yeah. you know yeah. that's like a boss fight kind of a situation yeah um yeah but but you but know. you won't see you won't you won't be like having a festival day and then out of the fucking nowhere, this massive dragon swoops in and knocks down the castle in one yeah. hit. You know what right? I mean? And yeah, had like, his buddies with him. It was it was literally a biker gang of, <laughs> of dragons. Yeah, no, just really. showed up and started fucking shit up. Yeah, you know? and and to to have the guts to do that in a game and cause that kind of like havoc and devastation and still yeah. be able to re you know stay in control of the story in the game is yeah. is a brilliant on mercer's part just yep. oh, yeah. that was so incredible to to watch unfold and to watch all of their reactions to it and and the sheer panic yep. <laughs> but they you know but they lived through it and it became this incredible story um with everything from those huge devastating moments down to very subtle very sinister very dark dark moments well um, i think i think one of the cool moments is that we in that story arc is where is that we get to see um grog's backstory play out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and yep. and that was that was one of the best fights i had the kevdak fight oh, oh my god rock knocking the fuck shit oh yeah pretty much <laughs> Oh my! I no, screamed out loud when I heard like, it was. Yeah, just... <sighs> yeah. No, I, 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 I was driving and I heard that, and I, you know, when I got to the next stop, I was. I think I texted Kayla, you know, the line, and she was just like, "Ee!" <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I the the only part I th the only thing I I I have to say about from a conclave is I feel like they kind of wandered around a little bit because I think, I think it was for a moment, it was too big for them to wrap their brains around. They had to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They had to adjust. They had been playing these kind of, you know, very close personal mm -hmm. arcs, mm -hmm. which were beautiful. But now all of a sudden this thing is, is feels bigger yeah. yep. than they are. You know, yeah. and I know that feeling. I understand that feeling. We're kind of doing that and not safe for wizards right now, um, <laughs> where we're in this spot where we're like, okay, this is a lot bigger than we thought it was. We really don't know where to go from here. We right. really don't know how we're going to be able to do this. Um, you know, and Matt did a really good job of letting them wander and feel that feeling for a little while, but then giving them what they needed to get them on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of. I'm so. With Andy's and uh, his pick as the Briarwoods, I, I that is a very personal Percy story. Yes, um, but it also I think started gelling the group together. You know, because that arc, you know, that arc really continues on after Orion leaves leaves the show. Yeah, and and they gel around this. We've got to do this for Percy. We've got to take out the Briarwoods for Percy. Right. Um, right. And then. Uh, but the Chroma Conclave, uh, and spoiler, Chroma Conclave is also my favorite uh, of the okay. arts, um, is because it feels like they are able to work more of everybody's backstories. 
Grog's backstories. We get to meet Vex and Vax's father. Yeah. We get to, you know, you know, we get, uh, we, I think this is when we actually meet Corrin. Uh, mm-hmm. isn't, you know, isn't that the start of the vestiges? Yeah. The, like the vestige, where... that was my next bit was going to be the vestiges, you know, that, you know, that whole which, idea. Is, which is an amazing concept for, yeah. for magic items, by the way. Yeah. No, uh, the vestiges... items that level up, that's fucking magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that as you do things or gain in power, they, you know, they go from just being ordinary magic items to awakened magic items to exalted magic items. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's an awesome way to hand out, hand out early on as a DM, putting my DM hat on. It's an awesome way to hand out um, artifacts mm-hmm. and not completely wreck your game. Yep. One of you my know, players has, has a vestige right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I mean, there was, you know, up until that point there, you know, they had magic items. They had a lot of magic items. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they started getting into more powerful stuff like Craven's Edge. Uh, the the Lord Briarwood's uh, sword that Grog got for a bit, um, but no, Vex Chroma... stole her broom. <laughs> so so Vex, yeah, Vex stole her broom from Gurn. Uh, uh, so Chroma Conclave is my my favorite. Um, I want to get to, and we already kind of touched on a little bit the guest stars for campaign Aww. one. So I got the list here. We've got a Felicia okay. Day who played Lyra, uh, mm-hmm. part of the uh, the Slayers take. Uh, mm-hmm. She was, as I recall, she was transitioning from being like a secretary bookkeeper to yeah. actually being a full member. Uh, you, what, what was she playing? What, what, what was the human wizard the class? A human wizard. Okay. Uh, we had Mary Elizabeth McGlynn who played Zara Hydras. I uh, love that woman. Tiefling warlock. Um, I could listen to her use Zara's voice or her own voice to read the phone book. Um, and for those of you too young, the phone book used to be something that came to your house every year and it had people's names and phone numbers in it. I, um, I have to say, I, I thought she was British at first. <laughs> I no seriously. I was like, wow. Okay. Oh, they got a Brit. Uh, I didn't know she was British. That's neat. You know? And then like later on in interviews and stuff, she's like, Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, we had Will Wheaton as a Thor Beale f- Thorbeer Falbeck, a dwarf fighter who is also, uh, I believe he was the experienced member of the Slayer's Take, taking the perspective members out on the uh, out on the town. We're not talking uh, about Will Wheaton. He curses everything. Yes. I'm sure. uh, <laughs> and then we had Will Friedel, uh, who played Kasha Vesh, human oh. cleric. Cash. Cash. Cash was that Cash was the Han Solo in the group. Yes. <laughs> definitely, definitely had his Han Solo. Uh, then we have uh, probably like, you want to call her, call her a civilian or uh, Kit Bus. Uh, oh, I love Kit Bus. She played Lilith, awesome. uh, Lilith, a tiefling wizard uh, that uh, they met between kind of the end of Craghammer. Mm-hmm. Before start of the briarwood arc uh she was she was around for the slayer's take i think wasn't she because she because no because she and zara interacted i distinctly remember that i'll take your word for it but i i I don't remember i remember she was there for the beginning they rescued her she stayed the night in uh gray skull keep and then disappeared that next morning um kit bus is totes adored by the way yeah she is she uh she is also 
uh, responsible for the first set of art for Vox yep. Machina, yep. Uh, the character art. Uh, Super talented. Absolutely. Um, and, and funny as hell. Uh, the Cox well. episode with her, she was great. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Jason Charles Miller playing Garthok, the half orc. Yeah, rogue. yeah. Um, he is a musician, singer, songwriter, uh, voice actor. Uh, he does he does all the music for yeah. <laughs> for that yeah. for mm -hmm. for the themes. He yep. he he. Yeah, he's not necessarily the compo. Well, he was the composer, yeah. wasn't he? He, there you go. Yeah, he, yeah. the 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 first critical role, mm -hmm. like all of those songs, was Jason Charles Miller. His uh, stuff. If you, if you have, if you listen to his stuff on, oh yeah, on, on Amazon, like his other stuff, like really, stuff really with Godhead good. and his oh, solo, really, work. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really sure. good. Like I, I knew of Godhead before, and like when, like I kind of put two and together, I was like, oh, I didn't uh, know goth blues existed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but has its stuff. Or goth country, like it was yeah. fucking amazing. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Almost, almost goth rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Chris Hardwick uh, <laughs> as Gern Blanston, Dragonborn Wizard. Gern, <laughs> former possessor of a magic broom, a and, flying and, broom, and and his thing was candles. Right? Yes, he created spells were cast through candles, yeah. and he had Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, yeah, he had, yeah, he had what like three three skeletons or zombies falling behind them. Yeah. That slowly but surely got <laughs> taken apart. That was a funny, funny oh, episode. Yes. He was hysterical. Uh Chris Perkins of uh the the lead uh lead game designer and story editor for Dungeons and Dragons. Always uh, did Chris Perkins. He mm -hmm. he came on and played Shale, uh, a a aged Goliath fighter. Shale was was sad to me, but I liked her. Yeah, I liked Shale. Is uh, that it? No. Wow. Uh, I mean, Sh I I've loved Shale. I love what Shale did for Grog. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was definitely needed for uh, sure. And that was it was very key to you know to the Vorigal fight. Uh, not Vorigal mm -hmm. to the uh, Umbrasil fight. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I forgot about my favorite. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> next, next up. Patrick motherfucking Rothfuss playing Carrick. Mm -hmm. He was um, so good. I liked him. I like not my favorite, but I liked him. He, I, I, he's another person who I could listen to him read anything. Um, and funny enough, connection to Acquisitions Incorporated because uh, he plays uh, Viari mm -hmm. uh, and the the Acquisitions Incorporated stuff. Um, yep. But yeah, I know uh, he is. Uh, for those who don't know, and if you don't know what. Um, he's a writer, uh, best known for the King Killer Chronicle. Uh, yep. So, Name of the Wind and the. Uh, one, I, the wise I man. think he was. I think he was the first guest to get a kill, uh, like a boss kill. I, I don't know if he was the first because I remember. I think. I feel like he was because they made a huge fucking deal out of it. That's a possibility. Um, but he, his. So what Shale did for Grog. Mm -hmm. He totally did for Keyleth. And for Keyleth, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Then we have Noel Stevenson uh, playing Tova, the dwarf slash werebear blood hunter uh, who they met in hell. Good God. Uh, for those who don't know, she is a cartoonist and animation producer. She, uh, behind the comic Nimona, 
uh, and Lumberjanes, and uh, you know, also was the executive producer and showrunner and creator for She-Ra: The Princess of Power that aired on Netflix. Hey, so uh, I like Tova. She was uh, Tova she was, was interesting. Tova very interesting. Very interesting, but also I liked that exposure to the Blood Hunter. Yeah. Well, we finally got to see somebody play a blood hunter. Yeah. You know? Then we got John Hader. Uh, so so he plays Lionel Chod Gayhart, half horse bard slash barbarian. Why did I think that was campaign two? Nope. That was when Scanlan comes back. Right. He, uh, right. He, right. He's in the guise of the meat man. The meat man. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, doing making forgery of furniture to sell to wealthy people. Yes. Uh, with his daughter. With his daughter. With his daughter. With his daughter, Kaylee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he John, plays. John, the- that was, that was one of the most interesting barbarians I've ever met. <laughs> John uh, Hader's whole approach. Uh, and John Hader, for those who don't know, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, he just, oh my God. He, the guy's like, got comedic brilliance yes. oozing from every pore. Yeah, he just he knew how to like he knew how to play this this character in a way that um so so he played a so so he played a a, a totem barbarian yes. whose whose totem was a duck. Yes. And uh, he would go into like a duck rage. Uh and he would also uh use like commune with ducks. Like yeah, he would commune with ducks and yeah, it was it was the funniest fucking thing you've ever seen yeah. in your life. It was, and it was, and it was a needed comic read. It was like it was needed moment, because, yeah. because you have now that you had the tension of Sam coming, uh, of Scanlan right. coming back to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I love though, and uh, totes, uh, totes respect to Travis for playing Grog and Grog's feelings being hurt that he kind of got replaced as well, Scanlan's yeah. muscle. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, um, yeah, that was a, that was a good moment. Uh, we we then have Darren DePaul as <gasps> Ethred Sprig Broken Branch, the gnome. Oh, gnome that rogue. man is that man is gold and can do no wrong. I swear to God, he yeah. is by far my favorite NPC. Like, or not not NPC, but uh, guest, char- guest, guest, player. guest character. Yeah, yeah. I as Twig. Yeah, a Sprig. 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 Yeah. Um. He his voice first, like his regular speaking voice, amazing. Mm-hmm. The voice the vocal choice he took for sprig amazing i i will tell you up until that point i had never uh cried for a guest character Mm. his the his story arc just Mm -hmm. the way the way that episode ended i was in such tears it was so good he was so amazing um Mm -hmm. he just he just had this he was he was this he was this uh what, what did he play a gnome uh yeah gnome rogue he played a gnome rogue who had lost lost his mind he was the last of his party uh, of like his adventuring party the only one who had lived living because in this he ran. because he ran right right and and he's living in a swamp uh and he's just he's all by himself and well he had his he had that imp he had the imp he had the imp who but, was but fucking with him yeah who was just yeah and and he that's all there was it was just him and and he was just this sad individual who couldn't remember things and couldn't remember that that he was this amazing person and that and that he had so much potential inside of him and he was just like 
oh god that really really just hit me on a personal level for some reason and 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 how by the end of that episode or was it was it a two was he in for two episodes or just the he one was in, he was in for two or maybe three it was okay it was, it was right. by the end of his arc let me put it that mm-hmm. way by the end of his arc he just oh my god he just shines you know yeah. and and he's just oh like i'm getting misty thinking about it it was just he was so good yeah the the my my, my favorite would be the um you know basically the end where he's walking off with ayun yes and like we need to come up with the with a mnemonic device in case we get you know it's like uh yeah he yeah yeah he's he's he is an amazing character and you could tell that as he's sitting there everybody else is just kind of like in awe like he fits right in with everybody you know what i mean like he would have been like if he had stayed on as a character in the game that would have been amazing he would have been he would have fit right in and and of course uh, the the interesting thing that we learned in the tox machina episode uh with him is he as a young man uh Mm -hmm. was working at the burt reynolds uh theater in jupiter florida yeah and uh was Played a D and D game, I believe, run by Matt's mother. No, really, I, yeah. I missed that. One. I missed that yeah. episode. I guess. Yeah. No. That's um, insane. And he played the character Sprig was in that in that episode. Was the, in that the, game? Yeah, that's where Sprig wow. came from. Wow. Yeah. That's so when he finally was able to get to play with Matt, he was like, "Here's my idea," and oh. Matt was way on board for it. Oh man, I bet Matt cried a little when he told him. I'm sure he <laughs> um, sure did. And then we got Joe Magniello playing Archon the Cruel, a red dragonborn paladin barbarian, probably the most hated guest <laughs> character. That dude can suck in it. Campaign <laughs> one. I'm still mad at him. I know. I know. Just just that last line. Sorry, nothing personal. Yeah. Oh, um, so mad at him! Oh, yeah. for, for, so, so after after the the group binds Vecna, uh, and Vecna is defeated, uh, Vecna had so Andy had had introduced Vecna as the one eyed, one handed, uh, where, where the eye and the one of the eyes and one of the hands floats around as an artifact that you can find uh, if your DM In doesn't game, like right. you. Uh, <laughs> um. The hand Vecna had somehow acquired his other hand, um, which I bet was in that the swamp they didn't go to. Um, yeah, probably, probably. And, yeah, um, and so the hand is is there, and Archon grabs it, chops off his own hand, attaches the hand, and then disappears and just vanishes, and nobody saw it coming. Yeah, nobody saw it coming. And and that's the fun. Now, me as a as a seasoned player, I'm going. He's gonna fuck him over. He's gonna fuck him over. He's he's evil. He's yeah. gonna fuck him over. And and he did it. And I went, you mother. And I was still angry when it happened. Like, and I was angry because nobody, because everybody, you could see the uh-huh. betrayal, <laughs> that feeling of betrayal around the table. Like everybody yeah. was like, oh, really? Like, and yeah, there was definitely that look of wait, did that just happen for real? Was that a joke? Is he gonna come back? And oh, <laughs> and that's the best part is Joe closes up his binder, gets up, leaves the table, and from yeah. from what they say later on, talks Machina walked 
out the door, out the studio, into the parking lot, into his car, and was gone. Yep, yep. And 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 you know, you, I will tell you right now. You know who felt that betrayal the most? Sam, Travis, Travis, oh, Travis. Because mm-hmm. because him and Brock had yeah. become buddies. Yeah, yep. they had become battle buddies. Yep. Uh, I mean, the other side of it also is you know any one of them could have put on if they would have you know known more about Vecna's hand. I believe there's a wish spell or something that yep, you can do. There with sure Vecna's is. Hand. There um, sure is. So we've talked about the guest stars. NPCs. There's a ton of NPCs that Matt. Well, has well did worn. we? Well, I just said my favorite NPC or guest star. Did you guys say them? Oh, uh, no, we didn't. We didn't identify. Uh, Kay, who is your favorite guest of Campaign One? Oh, that's tough. Um, again, I, I, I think there's no bad choice. That's except for Joe. There's no bad choice. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely not choose Joe. Um. Patrick Rothfuss definitely holds a very special place in my heart. Um, not only just because his his performance was stunning, um, and can, so can we talk about the letter. That's where I was going. Um, okay, I'm sorry. The letter just—I had never seen anything like that done in a D and D game before, mm. and it is—it is something that I have endeavored to use in some way because it just it's such an incredible idea um and and just and the fact that that they did it in a way that was not like just oh keyleth got a letter keyleth reads the letter it was he took the time patrick rothfuss patrick rothfuss (laughs) took the time with matt mercer to record that letter so that it could be played to Keyleth in his voice mm-hmm. and to watch the whole cast and especially Marisha, who sometimes I get really mad because Marisha gets a, a worse rap than I think she deserves. Sometimes she can be a little, <laughs> yeah, but I think that Marisha's a wonderful person and I really love her. And to see it was, it was so special to her and to pre- for her to be able to have that kind of heartfelt moment that she really hadn't had too much in the yeah. game was was really really special and the fact that patrick saw that in marisha you know and they had those moments together was just so incredibly beautiful you know um and i will never be able to forget fatty arbuckle like that's like mm. i that's one of those things that will stick in my head forever you know i mean fatty there's arbuckle. it's just, just the whole perf- it. oh my god it was so good it was you so good okay Okay, he was a Rennie. Like he was a he was he. You can totally see that character at Ren. At yes. Oh yes. Uh, you know? That that highly interactive, uh, high energy, just fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. He you mm-hmm. know he was such a barrel. But you know, and then I mean, you can't go wrong with Mary Elizabeth. You know, yeah. with with Zara. Zara was. Um, had my mother been sane, she was my mother. Oh. God, you know how many times I thought that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's I think what I love about her so much is, is is the moments where I got to see my mother completely lucid, which were few and far between. Um she reminded me so much of my mother. You know, there and, and were, there was a really special moment there with that. There were so many times uh where you know, originally because because I got you into critical role. 
Oh, yes, you like, did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Dragged me <laughs> kicking and screaming. And, and I and, thank you for it. And it was it was a moment. And it was honestly Mary McGlynn. When I saw Mary McGlynn, I was like, holy fuck, Kayla. Kayla, why aren't you watching this or listening uh-huh. to it? Figure yeah. it the fuck out. You know, you have to. <laughs> and, and, yes. And, and I did and, eventually and I get my going, shit together. I, I, if, I'm like, eventually when she gets to this moment, mm, uh-huh. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was definitely moments of, oh my God, that's my mother. Um, yeah. And it was, it was so, it was really cool. So she, she holds a special place uh, for me because of that. And, it, you know, it wasn't too long after my mother passed that I listened to it. So it was super cool. But I think those are the ones that stick out for me the most. Okay. Um, my, my, I, I, my favorite, um, would be Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, I really, Carrick just blew me away. Um, I'm not at all surprised. Uh, my second, my runner up, uh, I love Tova. I love Noel Stevenson as Tova. Um, okay. I just, um, just, it was an interesting character. Um, and, and the, 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 the backstory, the reason why she was where she was, like I kind of wanted to see like the before and after of of Tova in Hell. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but Patrick Rothfuss, uh, just I mean, Sprig as well. I mean, like I said, yeah. there are no bad choices except for Joe Magnello. But even so, <laughs> I you know, come on, I, come on, I, guys. Did did he play it well? Did he play a villain? Oh, he did it well. He did it. Okay, he, so I he mean, plays he, a villain very well. Yeah, yes, I he mean, does. he he did a great job of faking being a team player. <laughs> um but he definitely you know he he was the you know he's the friend who showed up for your D session and <laughs> you know he's working at cross purposes at the end he's um, he's a wonderful asshole i mean yes yeah. i mean listen, <laughs> listen if anybody has watched the stream i played in with morgan as as our dm i was in a whole party of people working at cross purposes and i won <laughs> um, I, I actually that's where i took my cue to play a uh, an evil dragonborn uh, <laughs> was from him in in uh, one of Vinny's other games. I played a, a an evil um, blood hunter, nice. you know, and I was like, I, I was totally working against the party, yeah. like, and nobody knew it till the end. <laughs> this the subtle evil is so much better. I I did that in a three a third edition game. Uh, I was a uh, a priest of Weejoss and. Mm-hmm. I, be- I I went from lawful neutral to lawful evil and began working cross purposes and yeah, it, 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 folks didn't yeah. realize what was going on until we went right until about when the, the the campaign ended. And you know why nobody you know why nobody gave why, why nobody saw uh, Archon coming is because everybody knew he was lawful and they they all took that because they're all they're all noobs except mm-hmm. for except for. Percy, you know, except for Taliesin, but they saw the word lawful in front of evil and they thought, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's only going to kill us under, he's only going to turn on us under certain conditions. Right. He, you, know? you know, they, they, I mean, they figured he was there for, he was, he was there for his own reasons, you know, at the behest of his goddess Tiamat. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he might, he might screw them over later, but at that point it was, they, they were in the end game. They needed him too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they need another big hitter who who and is it was, also defensive. It was better to have a uh, an ally in him than an enemy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for sure. Uh, 
but it so, also but also the other reason why I don't think they also saw it, especially they didn't see the actual act, is they just defeated Vecna and it had to be in the back of all of their heads. We've only got moments left with before with with, yeah. with with Vax. With Vax. Yeah. We've only got moments left. You know, there was that feeling of, okay, well, is she gonna show up right now? Is it, you know, I was which, emotionally drained at the end of that. Which which fuck you, Matt Mercer. <laughs> for that. <laughs> fuck you, Matt Mercer, for taking him away from us. Yes. You know what though? He fucking did it to himself. Yeah, that's true. You know, Matt just watched him do it and went, okay. And kept going, you know, and just took it and ran with it. You know, same thing in campaign two that we're not talking about yet. Um, but yeah, he just he's a good DM and he sees those hooks and he sees those little things and goes, Okay, you made this well, choice. I, I think I think it's I, I'm not I'm not fucking Matt Mercer for taking him away from us. Fuck you, Matt Mercer, for making me cry in the aftermath. <laughs> for making you for making you love you know, fuck you, Liam, for making me love your character and know I was going to miss him. And then fuck you, Matt, for being so good at crafting a story that made that haul possible. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, f- fuck you, Matt, for saying for saying, and then it's just feathers. Mm. Uh, okay, <clears throat> and I'm and I'm blubbering. Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> like a child. Yeah. Okay. So so my blubbering moment is episode one fifteen at the end, and he says, and I'm tearing up now, and that's where it's we're in the new- campaign. Yes. Oh dear God. And that's the end of our campaign. And that's where, and that no, it's because that's where because you used to say that's where we'll end for tonight. And it was that's where we'll end yeah. the campaign. And it was just like yeah. I think I had to pull over <laughs> and breathe. Yeah. And you literally feel like you are trauma bonded to these people forever. Yeah. You have been through to hell and back with them. And, and Sam going, let's do it again. Uh, Um, it was so interesting though how they you know when matt started talking about well oh you know the next campaign the next campaign i was like okay i mean like i mean so that that's the that's the thing of being a dm right like have you ever played a campaign out to level 20 either as a dm or a player one time like so right starting at first yeah, no, no. Like I said, one time I, I've I've never played a campaign all the way through as a player. As a DM, I did my home brew, and, and that was the one time I've ever played it all the way out. You know, I I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever played a campaign all the way through to the last level. Like that one second edition Planescape campaign, we came kind of close. Um, and the fourth edition campaign I was playing in, we we got close, but never. See, never I mean. That's what players don't understand. Players, guys, we don't want to kill you. The DM is, DMs don't want to kill you. We just want to finish our fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, so true. Hey, hey uh, did you have you ever played to the to all the, the way through? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so like yeah, so like the idea that he was already thinking about like a second campaign, like that was that that like I was like, oh my god, he's got he's got DM balls. Big big breast DM balls. Yeah. Um, so the 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 Vox Machina campaign also uh, is a reason why uh, Green Ronin Publishing uh, put out a uh, Taldori uh, campaign setting book uh, written by Matt Mercer and uh, James Hake, uh, which I cannot 
uh, recommend highly enough. Uh, if you want to see what those vestiges are, it's in there. Uh, some of the the uh, specific monsters that Matt made are in there. Uh, the factions. Uh, the, there are a couple subclasses. Not the gunslinger or the blood hunter or the college of maestro. Maestro. College of the maestro. That is a badass fucking sub like like subclass. That is uh, amazing. Yeah, those are not in there, uh, but there is the Cobalt Soul Monk. Yeah. Uh, and there is the 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 Path of the Dreadnought. Yeah, something like that. Uh, a berserker, uh, a barbarian class. Um mm-hmm. I don't really remember, and, and uh, that kind of it, the, my only my my only problem is that it's not nothing against people of Green Ronin, but the fact that it's Green Ronin, so it will never ever be on D and D Beyond for me to own digitally to incorporate mm. into my games. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless yeah. I were to just take it all and write it myself. Yeah, yeah, that's that. You know, um, I guess at the time though, like maybe Watsi wasn't interested, you know, and Green Ronin was. Yeah, uh, I, I don't understand why, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but it is it is well worth the purchase um, if you can oh, find it. I know, I know, um, it's it's got getting a little bit harder to find. It is uh, uh, I, I, the price for it is actually going up. Yeah, uh, because it's in very high demand. Yeah. Um, you can still, I mean, I'm, there's still places you can get it in digital form. You know, as a PDF. Are those legal versions, Andy? Yeah, from from Green Ronin, I believe. Okay. okay, as long as they're legal versions, we don't... Of course. No, 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 no. I'm not going to advocate. Just because I do it doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, as I, do as I say, not as I do. Um, um, <laughs> ah, you are a parent. <laughs> um, favorite NPC. There, there are a shit ton of them. There's um, only one. There's only one. Okay, Andy. Uh, what, on three? One, two, three, Gilmore? I mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have to agree with that. Gilmore's the one that sticks out more than any other in campaign one. Campaign two is different, but campaign uh, I, one. I, I actually have there. There are two. There are two NPCs that that really just I loved. Okay, number one will always be Sean Gilmore. My God, mm-hmm. that is Matt just dripping with sex. I guess. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, my second favorite character would be, I can't remember his name. He was um, the barbarian monk who trained Grog uh, in, in Vasselheim. Uh, Groon. Uh, it was Groon, right? Groon. Stonebreaker Groon. Groon. Yeah, Stonebreaker Groon. That guy was so cool. That guy was so cool. By far my favorite. <laughs> uh, and with a, with a, oh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. You, no, continue. No, no. Uh, with a third, very distant third, not a very distant third, but last but not not least, um, uh, Victor. 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 Huh? Learn from oh, my yeah. mistakes. Yes. 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 <laughs> By far, uh, I laughed so hard oh at my God. every turn. As a matter I, of I, fact, I... the cool part about that about Victor is that through uh, through Sirenscape. Uh, the uh, the the app uh, that uh, uh, you can play music through. Uh, it's it's a music music app for D and D. It's for ambience and and uh, uh, background you know uh, music and and background noises as well. Um, they actually had Matt do one 
uh, do a whole set, uh, a soundboard of Victor. Oh God. Yep. It's on there. I have it. It's amazing. They have one of, of, they have one of that. They have one of him doing Gilmore. And I remember hearing him talk about that. Yeah. And, and I believe they have one of him doing Pumat soul. Mm, I love Pumat. Mm -hmm. I love Pumat, but that's campaign too. So that's campaign too. Um, yeah, no. I, the fun part about Victor more than just Victor uh, is <laughs> watching the cast's reaction when he pulled Victor out of his ass. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, uh, he had no plans for that character. There was <laughs> nothing there. Percy said he wanted to go shopping and he had to fucking make up a shopkeeper. And let me tell you, as a DM of a party who loves to go shopping, that is a f- That's a choice. <laughs> oh, that's my god they were literally literally i think marisha fell out of her chair like i <laughs> my favorite though like i think it was after the first victor was then like he gets done and liam bryan goes matt mercer lady and ge- ladies and gentlemen i was like yep <laughs> yep yeah exactly exactly i was like if there was i didn't think i could love anybody as much as gilmore mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and then all of a sudden boom victor victor I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> you take, you take. <laughs> yes, come He's, back. And then there was like, holy shit. Yeah. He just, it's, it, yeah. that is the mind of Matthew Mercer. That is the, <laughs> the quintessential example of pulling him it pulling it out of his ass. Pulling it out of his <laughs> ass. Um, so, so I will also agree. I think Kay, you agreed. Gilmore. Gilmore. Gilmore and, yeah. and Victor, yeah, for sure. Uh, Victor, uh, Victor, I, I, I also, um, but I will differ, and uh, I really liked Alora. Okay, Alora's uh, uh, cool. I love Alora. Arcanist Alora. Uh, I, I wear, I, and 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 you know, I believe Matt's on record was saying that Alora was his his character into the game. You know, where he stepped in to help them, to direct them, to get to do the the, the information dump. Yeah. Uh, and and I you can feel it. Uh and there was so much you could feel there was so much in Alora's background that we just never got to see. Um, you know, much like, you know, we got a little bit of Gilmore's background when they went to Marquette uh and teleported into his old bedroom. Uh, and his family's house um but but there was just something with Alora where it's just like she felt very fleshed out like matt could tell you everything she had done mm-hmm. from you know joining you know from from studying at the lyceum through you know where she is now you know married to kima oh. yeah she was she was his she was his anorak mm-hmm. yes yes that's a really good comparison yeah. yeah, she was his anorak, absolutely. Um, and I love, I love the the Allura Kima relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kima's Kima's so adorable. Kima's amazing. She's she's all right. Who are we fucking up? Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. So fucking cute. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to. Uh, can I, can can a villain also be kind of mentioned there? Absolutely. He's an NPC. Absolutely. An NPC. Ripley. Yes. My oh. favorite villain. Oh. She is my favorite fucking villain of the you entire. Love to game. hate her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was just something. I don't. I don't. It was like during the Briarwood arc in Whitestone. It was like okay, she's she's like 
she's the 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 neg negaverse version of Percy. Yeah. Um, but then when you run when you run in her during the Chroma Conclave, yes. And I think what really got me was she had turned Kynan. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, and made that me just bad. Yeah, that mm-hmm. just felt like I mean, yes, Vax was a dick when Kynan came to fanboy, but like it just was like wow. I don't think just, Vax was a dick. He beat the kid with the backs of his daggers and was like, you know, go get your shine box. Basically, because he was telling him, You don't want none of this. You don't want this life. You don't I mean he was he was doing the kid a favor. Vax had he had the right he was at heart he was trying to do the right thing but he was a dick about how he did it i mean what well i mean you know there was no way there was okay so for him i gotta say in his defense there was no way for him to know that that kid was going to do whatever he wanted to regardless right oh no that was the beauty of what matt did with that choice right yeah Right, but and, and but, took this little one-off character mm-hmm. and used it to twist the knife. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a beautiful way to show that every action can have consequences. You know, mm-hmm. and that was and it, what 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 was so awesome about that that choice was that again, as you said, one-off character years previous. And, you know, Matt kept him in the notebook long enough to, you know, oh, they're going to, you know, was Apesha's Island. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's Rig- there's Ripley. And, you know, boom, you know, it's like, oh, and Kynan. And but I did love then the the kind of repentant story that that Vax went through with Kynan and everything like it. it beautiful. Oh, he blamed himself. And it oh, was, yeah, he beat the, he beat himself up over it. Yeah. Hard. And, but Hard. then he made sure, like he he started with the, he started beating himself up like almost immediately afterwards. You know, yeah, he started like checking in and whatever. But then, like what he did to get the kid established in Whitestone and all that was just like just gorgeous role playing on the part of Liam. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, I, I I think we've we've covered the fir- the the first campaign <laughs> of Critical Role pretty well. Um, some spoilers, sure, but I think, you know, there's 115 episodes plus, you know, a good bunch of talks mocking in between. One um, shots. The know. one shots. Uh, unfortunately, the one shots you don't get on the Geek and Sundry podcast feed. Uh, oh, really? Ex- like, the, like the live, like the, what about the, you get the after story, the, the, you, like you the get search the two for Grog after. and all that stuff. You get the two okay. afters. You got the search for, search for Grog uh, and Dallin's Closet. Okay. Uh, the, the wedding, um, but like the any of like the when like Matt or Marisha or whoever weren't available, mm-hmm. um, when they couldn't get a full table, like those those like the Honey Heist and yeah. Liam's and but really is irritating. Um, and I don't know if this is I don't know who to direct my my sternly worded email to, but <laughs> I can get the. Tox Machina episode of Sam's Game or the Tox Machina episode of Liam's or Honey Heist 2 or whatever on the Geek and Sundry feed, but not I'm I'm wondering if it's an issue with, you know, maybe Geek and Sundry not having some sort of agreement with whoever created those games. I don't maybe. know. It's, maybe. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh that's I, one of the, it's one of the kind of things that the gray areas for podcasting uh actual plays is uh you know the the legality of or the you know 
how much of a copyright infringement is it for us to be playing D D online for people? By the way, Liam's 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 evil one shot, best one shot out of that whole series. I don't know if I've actually watched that one. <gasps> oh, KK. I should. You I should go back because I don't remember. You want to watch, watch Travis be a bastard? No. You have I think to. that's why I didn't watch it because I, oh. I, I didn't want to see them as evil. Travis um. is a son of a bitch. His character. Okay. It's it's really good. <laughs> um the 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 two one shots that Andy referred to as kind of the post post game uh were were awesome as well. Um the the one is so so at the end of uh the uh at the end of the um wrap up uh episode uh, after Vecna is defeated and they're all kind of doing their thing, uh Grog goes out outside of Castle Whitestone. Uh, he's been carrying around a deck of many things for a while. Not knowing what it is. Not really knowing what it is. He, Not really he, understanding what it is. Let me yeah. That way. Um, he'd been warned away, uh, warned against using it. Um, and he, but the couple mm-hmm. times that he'd used it or let someone else use it, like good things had kind of happened. Yeah. Vex, uh, Vex told him, don't do it. Pike said, wait for me. <laughs> and he pulls a card and gets sent to Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Um, with his soul locked, his soul gets taken away. His body uh, Just, left there. Yeah, drops to the ground. And uh, so then uh, they have to go retrieve it. Um, Trinket. I will carry him. Oh my god! I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> that. Oh my, Matt Mercer. <laughs> god damn you! <laughs> I will carry him. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. See, Trinket's really the star of the show. Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> MVP. If yeah, yeah, that stood for getting taken out in the first round of combat. <laughs> always, always. He well, tries. I mean, I mean that, that was the thing. That's, and that's one of the complaints about the Beastmaster Ranger is the, uh, the, the, the animal companion doesn't scale. It doesn't, it doesn't tank. Yeah, it, it doesn't scale up as uh, because one, first of all, under like regular 5e rules, she couldn't have had trinket. She couldn't have a bear. Like the, the highest thing you can have is like a, a, a quarter CR. So yeah, it's like, Matt, uh, Matt made a, I think, yeah. I, well, well, under under Pathfinder, you could though. Yeah, that that was it. She, you know, she, he, he hand waved for her to have him from Pathfinder because, uh, and one of the episodes, one of the, the after episodes, she talked about, you know, when they were bringing, when she was going to bring Vex over she contemplated going the other routes because she had read about the limitations of the Beastmaster um, when it came to it and, you know, whether or not Matt would allow her to keep Trinket. And when he did, then she was like, okay, I'll stay. I'll stay a Beastmaster. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the complaints is that while, you know, their hit points does increase uh, and stuff does increase as a Ranger levels, it doesn't do it at a rate that, and especially though the other side of it is, is the last several levels that she had taken were rogue and not ranger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's not trinket's fault. It's not trinket's fault. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so they go and retrieve drugs, uh, Grog's soul. Um, and then, uh, the Dallin's closet was Percy and Vex, uh, had gotten married in secret during the year off, uh, thing that Matt did for them. And uh, they had kept it secret until like very late in in campaign one. Um, 
and decided that they needed to have a destination wedding for all the friends and family to celebrate it. And, and, it, was, uh, and, and it ended up being an uh, anime Hot Springs episode. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There's always one episode in the series, uh-huh. in, in any anime series, where they have a Hot Springs episode, where they just go to a hot spring and chill. Uh-huh. Mm. And that's yep. what this was. Mm. <laughs> and then proceeded to have to like fight for their lives. Yeah. 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 Which which <laughs> yeah. oh my god. Like holy fuck. That was really really good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh dying dying during your rehearsal dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um you know what? Hey, can can I ask a question real quick sure. if we're uh-huh. if we're going around uh do you guys have a favorite villain? Hmm. Not counting Archon because we all fucking hate him. Right, like <laughs> fuck Archon. That's that's the name of this episode. Fuck Archon. <laughs> um, die Archon, die. <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm sure Joe knows right off the bat who his is. I, you know what? I don't because, like I had said, like Ripley is a really good villain. Yes, but then either of the Briarwoods are really good villains. Um, how about the how about the Rakshasa? The Rakshasa, I mean, oh come on, he got the, he he got one in on Vax. Yeah, but like they, to me, they, that was one of the best moments. Like because because he's he's super vulnerable. They're all super vulnerable. They're sleeping. Matt Matt is showing them at this point. You're not safe when you're sleeping. Just because you're in an inn or a castle, in a castle. yeah. But just because you're there, you're not safe. You know. Uh, I, I I can think get I, you anyway. Yeah, he. I think that was part of him showing that the 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 multiverse is larger, and there are things. And it, again, it was also a consequ- actions have consequences. You you hunted this Rakshasa for the Slayer's mm-hmm. take and killed it, but not everything you kill stays dead. Yeah. Um, also, also the world doesn't stop when you when you rest. But it the I guess I I, I mean. It, it was a good ploy, but didn't continue with the menacing. It was always something that they needed to go to hell to take care of, but it, I, not Darth Vader. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I get um, you. I get you. Raishan. Okay. I think Raishan. The, the green dragon, right? The green dragon. The green green dragon member of the Chroma Conclave. The smart one. The smart, the scheming, kind of, kind of the one who was pulling all the levers, you know. Um, I think Raishan is, is my, is my favorite villain because, because she also, you know, when it came to like the Vorigal fight and the Thordak, like she was like the first time they really had to, to make, make themselves comfortable with working with an evil being to get to, to achieve their goals. Um, but also both be, you know, while being fully aware that, She's probably plotting to kill them at some point, and they were definitely plotting to take her out at some point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, they but, were all they were all looking for mm-hmm. their opportunity. You know, I mean, yeah. I, it's, I feel kind of bad we, when we were talking about our favorite NPCs. No one brought up Larkin. <laughs> Where the fuck did he go? Where is Larkin? Uh, I, f- I follow a guy. I follow a guy on Twitter named named Larkin. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he he so, is Larkin. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go my favorite villain. Uh, just barely nudging out the Briarwoods is okay. uh, is is Raishan, the, the Green Dragon member of the Chroma Conclave. Okay. KK. Mm. Mm. 
No, probably the Briarwoods. Just be, I mean, they're like roaches. You can't get rid of them. Yeah. You know? God, how many times? How many times? Did they come back? God damn. Um, and they, they, it's villainous couples <laughs> is always an interesting dynamic. Which is awesome because I think, like, didn't one year Travis and Laura cosplay as them for the yes. Halloween episode? Yes. And it was, it was glorious. It was smexy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I yeah, think- like that whole. That whole kind of couples, they were gen- couples when they're not together for a villainous purpose necessarily, when they're genuinely in love and yeah. genuinely share this commonality of this villainous nature and and this kind of rise in power together is such an interesting dynamic and something really cool and tricky to portray. Yeah. You know, and I got to give it to Matt for that. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the whole backstory of it. And like when you, when, when we got to understand why what happened happened with the Briarwoods, it's, it's so tragic. It's so like you, you want to feel for them. You want to side with them in some ways. And then you remember like they murdered all of Percy's family. They tortured Cassandra. You know, they, all the shit they did by, you know, with the bodies hanging on the sun tree. Uh, just they're terrible people yeah yeah they're fucking horrible people and yeah for sure i'm glad they died and i hope they burn in hell (laughs) well done your favorite villain sir my favorite villain sir uh god i mean i would probably say just for because it's you know probably the briarwoods just as well just because it, they are very well thought out and they were, you know, I mean, you could tell Matt had a lot of time to plan and, and he, it, it went pretty much exactly the way he wanted it to go. You know? Um, I mean, Rishon, I don't feel like Rishon got, got so, okay. I love villain moments where they get to shine and be, you know, their fucking best villainy that they can be. And the Briarwoods were able to do that. Uh, where you know like uh the uh the rakshasa was able to do that he fucking sexed up uh uh vax and then shanked him you know like it doesn't get more personally villainous than something like that like to Mm -hmm. get you at your most vulnerable Mm -hmm. um i i you know i mean even even vecna and archon they got their moments to shine you know um I don't really feel like Rishon got to, you know, Rishon didn't even get to monologue. <laughs> um, I, will, I will, I will say, um, I think when Rishon appeared in Whitestone um, as the spy master guy, who's Seeker Assume. Yeah. And was, you know, kind of showed them. I, I thought very much the villainous moment of I can, I, not only was I able to get in here, but if, if I don't get the shot, you know, if I don't get a chance, you know, if you don't come with me, I can let Thordak know where you're at. Yeah. And, you know, and then like, I think, I think I understand what you're saying though. Like we didn't get to see the Raishan's like full con thing in with the, the, the fire Shari and Pyra. Yeah. You yeah. Know. But, but like we got to see Kevdak right. do his thing and we got, you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
but yeah, no, I, I, I'm not not poo pooing Raishan as a villain. Uh, Raishan was a motherfucker, and uh, she needed to die. Uh, and 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 I think the way that they that uh, that she died was very apropos. You know, mm. uh, uh, the fact that that she died um, drooling and clueless, like and 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 oblivious was yeah was very appropriate for for who she was you know um but but yeah no i is i i still i gotta give it to the briarwoods they were they were the most i think they were the most well planned of the villains oh yeah no i and and, fought out and the way they just kept coming back and coming back it was yeah you know what you know what i i didn't you know what i didn't think about that i thought was really cool uh that i just that just hit me who was the what was the name of that that tree guy in the Feywild? Um, where he, where, where uh, the guy who had Fenthris? Yes. Do we remember him? Because uh, I thought he was cool. He was like he was he on was. this whole. He was on this whole like like uh, you need to be my bride kick kind yeah. of with you know for for Vex and all of a sudden it was like it was all about Vex showing him fuck you and at the same time everybody else is like fuck protect vex yeah and and it was just it was a really really cool battle it was a one-off you know he he didn't really have you know recurring anything you know but i i thought it was really really interesting he sure. was he was good and dark sondor 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 there you go there you go he was he was way cool I, I and I think it, he was really cool for letting um, letting Vex see what could happen if she kept down this road of of seeking revenge and seeking mm-hmm. revenge and seeking revenge, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. The Shadow Demon, uh, Percival's Shadow Demon, uh, Orthax. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a. Uh, a fucking cool concept. Yeah, a really cool concept, and and, <laughs> and really awesome to see, uh, you know, reappear again with uh, with Ripley. Definitely. Um, yeah, Definitely. No, that was. We keep circling back to Ripley, though. Ripley was such a good villain. Ripley um, was a was a really good villain. Ripley was so cool because Ripley was was at, at first we 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 um, associated her with the Briarwoods because it was part of that that story. Yeah. Arc. And then suddenly you go, oh no, no, she's she's this whole other bastard on her own. Yeah, and and wow, you know, so so yeah, maybe maybe Ripley is 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 the best, right? Is my favorite. I mean, I mean, one of the things you have to think about with, especially with her, was the whole um, she was putting out like you know, Percy had that that feel of shame because of you know he was put he was creating these weapons you know the the firearms mm-hmm. but then you know ripley took basically that information and was putting it out there to you know it, it just i loved the way Tallison played that where anytime he ran across someone else with a firearm like he would take it from him he would take it from him but there was a shame to it like this was just oh yeah he was tony he was tony starking mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. He was definitely the Tony Stark of the group, which was cool. So, yeah. yeah. Well, have we covered everything? I think we have. Um, the correct answer is not by a long shot. 
<laughs> I think we've covered everything that can be covered um, without, without going without going episode by episode, right? <laughs> um, and and leaving enough uh, leaving enough for for folks to be able to, if you haven't listened to it, uh, go and listen to it, and you know, see the brilliance that is Matt Mercer, uh, see the brilliance that is that entire cast and the guests, um, and uh, just enjoy it and then uh you know if you want to listen to the talks mocking episodes do that too you know what what I'm, the hell is wrong with you people why haven't you watched this yet uh, this is this is absolute gold this is what you've been waiting for your entire life to see these people to see a dnd game run smoothly <laughs> it just it doesn't happen very often <laughs> Things I would have liked to have, I, I wish had been on stream. Uh, I, I would have loved to have seen uh, the the uh, Brimsythe, uh, the the Blue Dragon member. I would like to have seen that encounter between uh, Fox Machina and. What happened with that? I don't remember. He was it, the like. I guess he uh, he was killed prior to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They. That's right. They get to. Um, um, uh where is it he's in stormwind he's no he's in stormwind wasn't he no he was a, no. he was he was as a human uh general named general krieg and he was in the oh, contact that's district right. of Iman. um because right. they went back to the house later on i believe and and mm-hmm. you know um but yeah it, it would have been interesting to have seen how that worked but uh you know i think blue dragons are cool but i do too uh but that might also be you know uh, influenced by my love of Dragonlance and <laughs> and uh, was it Sky? Was that the name of the Blue Dragon? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is that. That is one of the things. I, I mean, there are several things. You know, seeing uh, seeing like the death of Pike would have been interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yep. you know, uh, such is life. Yeah, you know, 115 episodes, several one shots, couple post one shots. Uh, a campaign guide, you know, you and you get to meet Brian W. Foster. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I think you know, I, I think we can all say we are proud fans of Critical Role. We are fa- we are proud critters. Critters. That's uh, the other thing we haven't we haven't covered is the community. Yeah, the. I mean, we briefly touched on it with like the amount of artwork and creative stuff that has come out of the critical role community is epic for well also first of all they they have some of the biggest hearts mm. that i have i have ever seen of any fandom you know what i mean well, um while we're at it i mean call out two of the you know, two of the really important like sects of 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 critter fan uh critter fans uh crit roll stats crit roll stats yep those folks are amazing uh, with keeping track of everything going on, They're you know, not just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's not just like okay, how many? You know, they they keep track of how much damage was dealt, how much damage was taken, right. who's had the most crit hits, who's right. crit misses, um, the length of Matt Mercer face palms, <laughs> um, how many Matt number. Mercer shirts that Sam has worn? Yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, the crit transcript transcribes transcription yeah. um those folks have on their own 
gone and have done transcriptions mm -hmm. for the episodes so that uh, you know screen readers can read those for those who are visually impaired. Yep, these two two incredibly unsung heroes. Yeah, of of the 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 community. Um, just I mean. And and guys, the, the community spans all over the world. There are oh, yeah. people who come from, like like uh, I saw Matt was in Germany or something like that, or Sweden or something like that mm -hmm. for a for a con, and people had come from all over Europe just to see him, you know, and tell him how much he how much he meant to them and how much the game, how much the show meant to him, to them, and. And it just the, the the outpouring is is insane. Uh, if 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 Matt or or the show um, posts about a a charity, a, a charity event, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, something that needs signal boosting, um, I mean, right away, everybody is it's it's all hands on deck, and 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 there's nothing but love about it, and that's what's so amazing, you know. Um, I mean, how else? How else are you going to get a community that that literally crowdfunds eleven million dollars for an animated series? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and and you know, to also recognize the you know the cast has put various charities out in front of them. I mean, the biggest one is oh the yeah, eighty uh, six LA. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they always mention not only just the the LA chapter, but they also you yeah. know have mentioned you know eight two sixes all over. Yeah. Um, well, now and they it, have their own. They have their own foundation. Yes, you yes. know the Critical Role Foundation, which is come on. I know. <laughs> they're they're just every day proving that they're just you know they're just good people who just who just want to make things better. Yeah, I mean there is. I mean they've had missteps, sure, but they yeah. you know they admit when they've made mistakes. They they try Absolutely. to you know they try to to fix whatever, um, and you know it never feels like the the good things they do never feels like they're doing it for clout. It is always right. because that's in their heart. I mean, because they want to. Yeah. That's... From, from the jump, like eight two six was, was one of their things that they were mm -hmm. promoting. You know, Travis has his veterans. And, uh... and I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Was it veteran? The, the VAP one, I think. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, they're such good hearted people and, you know, they do, you know, and they, if you ever listen to any of like the live panels or watch any of the live panels, mm -hmm. there is still, especially in Matt's voice, you hear it when yeah. he says, hello, that yeah. he's still stunned. He's still amazed. He still recognizes that he's living every 10 year old D and D playing kids yep. dream. That yep. somehow, some way, you got famous for being for playing D anD. d When when I gave him, when I met Matt, uh, haha, I've met Matt. Uh, <laughs> when I when I when I good night everybody. Matt, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode with Andy because oh, I'm kidding. Ow, my pride. Um, when <laughs> when I met him and and I I, I painted a, a figure for him. Uh, I've told you guys this story. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he hugged me. Like, first of all, I didn't expect that at all. Like, I was not expect. I was expecting a, a handshake, maybe, you know, or, you know, or something like that. 
I didn't expect him to literally just stand up, reach over the table and embrace me, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and he didn't, and he didn't ask is, you know, he didn't go, can I give you a hug? He just, he just did it did it as an outpouring, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you could, and I heard him like, I heard him like he fucking squeezed the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> like and, and, and you, like, I heard him, like, I heard him just exhale, just mm, like, and, and he was just like, oh my God, thank you. And, um, yeah, I mean, and in pictures, all fairness, yeah, the pictures are incredible. In all <laughs> fairness, you did something for him that I think not a lot of people have because you see fan art of the cast. There's, yeah. you know, printable figures of the cast. There's, and there's yeah. a few little things of Matt, and he's definitely included. But you took the time not to paint a figure of one of his characters. You took the time to paint a figure of him, to and, recognize and that he me. is the magic behind it. And, and that it was a- that I could, that, that I could, that I, I could never, like, it could always look better. You know what I mean? It, like it always could have looked better. It was like I, I felt bad giving it to him at first because <laughs> it was like it was one of my first pieces, and I didn't, right. you know. You but know, you, you know. are you are a good figure painter, just on instinct. Like you started out good, and you've gotten better, sure. But you started out good, and honestly, it could have looked like a five year old did it, and Matt still would have loved it. But it was I saw it, and it was beautiful. You know, but it was the fact that you did it, the fact that you thought of him in that way, that I bet you that figure sitting in his office. I bet I, I you anything, I can you know, yeah. but then I got stood up by a bird. <laughs> well, okay. That bird was really cute. The bird was really cute. <laughs> and he has birds. Like he got, it's like his pet of choice. He's got Dagon. So, or Dagon. Dagon. But, <laughs> which he named no, an that, NPC after. Which I think is funny. Um, yeah. But but the, the the point is is that is is that you know he, these people they they don't have egos like and it shows like a lot of people are like oh they're just you know they're just living it up no they're not no they're not they're mm-hmm. they're they're still they still have their jobs to do their regular jobs mm-hmm. they're doing they're doing critical role as I mean it's it's sort of becoming their main project but they still have their their normal jobs that they were going to you know. Yeah. And killing themselves over trying to get mm-hmm. this out to make sure that everybody was, you know, that that they, they didn't want to dis, you know, disappoint anybody. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, while they've been doing the show, uh, you know, Sam has won, you know, yeah, Sam Sam won an Enemy, Enemy Award for uh, Ducktales, for, I think, for Ducktales, uh, and he had, in 2018 he had run a Daytime Emmy Award for uh, Danger and Eggs. Uh, so it's it's you know he's you know and they've all continued working and it's you know in their various ways and it's so interesting when they come in and they'll like mention you know as much as they can mention because NDAs are a thing um you know hey I was doing this today or doing that today and then you know several months later you know and Laura says you know oh well you know whichever hey guys I get to finally announce we've done this you know and and they're so excited Laura Bailey leaving an award ceremony that she is nominated for awards for right to come and play so she can come and play critical yeah. uh, play D on critical role so yeah and everybody's like did you you left what the 
so I think one of the interesting things has been uh, not just, I mean, so Andy mentioned, you know, the animated series, there was the Kickstarter for it. Um, and it raised, what, what was the, the final toll? 11 mil. Over 11 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to be doing, uh, so they've, I'm trying to just find this number. Um, there are $11.3 million when the ep- when it closed on April 19, 2019. Uh, and just for full disclosure, uh, Kayla and I backed, uh, backed this. Um, Fantastic. Huh. Fantastic. I didn't have, I, I didn't have the funds to do it at the moment. And I was so mad, <laughs> but so, um, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're going to be doing uh, animated series, which is going to be done by Titmouse and is uh, slated for Amazon prime. Uh, and you're, it's going to be, two seasons now uh yeah yeah i I just i just want to point out that it was it was they only they were only going to do six episodes oh no no it was going to be a two episode it was going to be two-parter uh uh it was going to be a two episode uh uh little movie actually originally it's going to be a single 22 minute short oh there you go there you go and they needed 70 there you go that's what, yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand, and and they were like, if we get more, we'll 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 do more, and yeah. within an hour they were at a million. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the end of the first full day, it was at four point three million. Uh, I I, th- I think the reaction video was one of my favorite videos yes. I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yes. they were all just sitting in a room, just looking yeah. at each other, going, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> like Matt was just like, "What? What?" And the Travis's face, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they've also produced art books, um, mm-hmm. which have comic included, books. Yeah, uh, what I was going to say, but the art book has the art books have con- have featured artwork from members of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done comic books uh, doing the with, uh, with Dark Horse. Yep, Fox Machina Origins and uh, Mighty Nine, I believe, now has a book too, don't they? A comic. I, I am. Yeah, and yeah, they're doing origins. like origin stories. Yeah, um, there is the uh, Tales of Exandria uh, comic book that also will be coming out. That was announced in December, uh, and the first episode is supposed to be coming in March of this year. I don't know if it did or not. Uh, which is exploring the side stories of NPCs. Uh, so four issues are going to be written. Uh, there's the there's two critical role podcasts the one can one from geek and sundry and then there is uh once once the, the geek and once critical role separated from geek and sundry uh they started their own podcast uh feed um so yeah it's you know and then there's related things uh like we talked about tox machina uh there is the danny carr uh critical recaps i love uh, danny I do too. Uh, there's uh, Brian W. Foster's interview with uh, the Between the Sheets. Uh, Those are some of the best interviews. I, absolutely. Th- compelling oh stuff. That compelling show. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, really well done. For those who are getting interested in playing D&D because they are watching it, uh, you can check out Handbook or Helper. Uh, if you want to see more of Liam and Sam's bromance, uh, there's All Work, No Play. <laughs> Uh, both the podcast and then there was a web series, uh, Mame Drop, uh, which was is them doing the uh, different video game playing, uh, Pub Draw uh, with Marisha, 
uh, and Wendy Doodle. What about um? And I was getting to it. And Travis Willingham's Yeehaw Game Ranch. <laughs> Where if you want to see Travis and Brian. Interact with puppets. Yes. I, I, which I, I I believe most of the puppets are are, are, are puppeted and voiced by Liam O'Brien. Yes. A lot of them are. And Marisha mm-hmm. does some. And everybody does some. And um, it was it was literally they were sitting around a table going, what can we put out as content? And somebody made the joke of let's do a puppet show. <laughs> and Marisha went straight face. She went over and put it up on the board and they were like, no, we're kidding. She goes, everything is content. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, you know what song always gets me and it, it's, it's a season one. Uh, it, it was the, it's the ender, but it's also in uh, later on, they started using it in the, uh, the break song. It's called uh, Two Elms or Twin Elms. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's one of it's a track from from the uh, Pillars of Eternity soundtrack. Man, that song yeah. just like right in the feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Which which if you guys want the the music uh, that Matt uses in game, a lot of his a lot of his stuff is a from the Pillars of Eternity soundtrack. You can find that on Amazon on on Amazon Music. Uh, you can you guys can tell that I use Amazon Music a lot. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> the hashtag other not the other, sponsored, but would like to be. Hashtag not sponsored, but would absolutely love to be. <laughs> and the uh, the other uh, uh, piece that he started, especially early on, was um, was the Dungeons and Dragons role playing soundtrack. It exists. There is. A, it's. It was made for like third edition, fourth edition. Oh, that was the Midnight Syndicate. Uh, Midnight thing. Syndicate did it all. Yeah, and, that was back in third edition, and and it's it's really good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I warn you, if you start if if you start listening to that, you're going to go down this midnight syndicate rabbit hole, and you're going to be creating playlists for days for your campaign. The amazing stuff that they have. Anyway, moving right along. Moving right along. Ah. Kayla, Kayla is is is. I can I can hear it already. What. Moving right along. Fancy free. Oh yeah, well of course. That's just <laughs> always playing in my head. But <laughs> is it really? Kinda, yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> dunk, 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 dunk. Um, <laughs> before before it becomes the Muppets uh, review, um, I think this is probably a good good time to call it a night. Uh, I, I believe for the three of us, we cannot highly uh, we cannot recommend highly enough. If you haven't watched Campaign One, go watch it. Go listen to it. Enjoy it, absorb it, uh, let it inspire you to play. And don't give me that bullshit excuse that they're too long. It's recorded. You can stop it at any time and pick back up whenever you can. Word. Uh, Um, Listen to it while you're driving, like Joe does. Yeah. Or like like I did so many times. Uh, Listen to it if you're, you know, if you're at work, put it in, you know, put it in your hand, you know, it's what I did for a long time. Put it in your ear holes. Put it in your ear holes. Um, Put it, join, join, join us. We love you. Let's not get One creepy now. <laughs> Too late. Um, so yeah, we can't highly recommend it. And then, and then I always like to add, play D and D. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. What are you lame? Play D and D, weirdo. Uh, Find a group of people. Yes. No, we're the weirdos. That's Find a true. group of people that suits you well that you can enjoy spending time with that you're not going to get sick of in an hour 
there's, and play there's D&D. A, exactly. There's a quote that I heard really early on in the Critical Role uh, episodes. And um, uh, it was, D&D teaches you, teaches you to be an Imagineer, or to, to be an Imagineer again, like when you were a kid. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that was, and, and I had, I have to tell you guys, that was Orion. Okay. okay. That was Orion that, that said it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them where they can find Critical Role. Well, you can find it on twitch.tv slash Critical Role. You can uh, search YouTube for Critical Role. They have their own channel. Yeah, on, they have their own channel YouTube. on YouTube. Um, and uh, you can go to critroll.com. Uh, for their websites with announcements and stuff. And, uh, you know, the pandemic has, a, has has impacted them on many levels. Uh, for, for a while, they went a little dark while they tried to figure out how to get to play in person while also following all the requirements and laws that needed. Uh, and because, Matt has, because Matt has fucking integrity and will not allow his show to be sullied mm-hmm. by, by Zoom. <laughs> or discord <laughs> well it would have been it would have been a bit of a nightmare trying to do that uh all remotely um, it's a live show or nothing damn it yeah and uh you know and they they were they're very responsible and they're very upfront you know they mask in they're sitting separated with dividers they mask out um you know they and, and then uh we've talked about tox machina that's all being done remotely uh, with Brian and the guests. Yeah. Um, I bet they all want to hug each other real bad. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. I want to, like, when, when this is all done and we can get together, uh, I think the first in-person session that, that the Nazi for Wizards group has, we're not really going to get much recorded. It's just going to be us hugging and... and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. That's where you can find Critical Role. You can also find, uh, you can find, like I said, you know, go do search online if you want to find the Taudori campaign guide from Green Ronin. Um, you can find on on D and D Beyond the Gunslinger, the Blood Hunter. I'm not School sure. Of the Maestro, the yeah, is the College of Maestro available? College of the Maestro is available on there as well. Okay, um, and I believe you can also pick the Totem of the Duck. Oh, is it? I believe under the Barbarian, I think you can get the Totem of the Duck. Awesome. Um, you can awesome. also find those on DMs Guild uh, and Drive Through RPG. Uh, you can look where art books are sold to get the Art of Critical Role. You can get the comics, the Dark Horse comics on the Dark Horse app or Comixology, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when the Critical Role uh, animated series comes out, it'll be on Amazon Prime. And I think that's all the places you can get Critical Role. They're on episode 135 of Campaign 2. So it might be a while before we get to the Campaign 2 wrap-up from us. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm four months behind on listening to it. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm a on, bad critter. I'm on a, episode 11. Nice. Nice. So, uh, I'm I can't, caught up. I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't wait to... Uh, to have that discussion with you all then as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love getting like as Joe has been listening to Vox Machina and now to Mighty Nine, getting the text in the middle of the day when he hits like these highlights and these points of like <laughs> where he's at, and I'm like reliving it with him, and I'm like, yeah, 
that's so cool. Just wait, it gets better or, you know, whatever. Like, I love doing that. The, there was there was one point when like, when, when Delilah uh, Briarwood showed up like for what the third time. And I was just like, I think it was like, Delilah, five <laughs> exclamation points. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, all right. Hey guys, guys, guys. <laughs> I, I I love Critical Role. Me too. I do too. All right, all right cool. All right, we we established <laughs> that. We should do an episode where we just talk about that. <laughs> we, we just did Andy. Oh, we were recording. Okay, cool. All cool. right. Um, as always, this this show believes that Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and love is love. We thank you for listening this week. We're sorry it was so long. No, we're not. Nope. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. And as Will would say, make the world a better place than the way you found it, kids. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions. <laughs>